Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to tournament poker strategy. And now, here are your hosts, Ron Fez Buddy and Killingbird. Hello everyone, welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Killing Bird here, Ron says Buddy is here, Yo. and special guests. We're mixing things up this week on the intro. We're bringing in Big Dog, Mark Galliotto, and T-Twist, Tim Kelly. Gentlemen, what is up? Hi. <laughs> it's very tight in this booth. <laughs> wow. We all share a headset and a mic. Are you, are you calling those three guys fat? No, no. No, no I think <laughs> average weight. <laughs> average weight is at least two fifty between the three of us. Yeah. Tim lost a little weight too, but he's still fighting. What about me? You're, you're I'm, I'm two thirty, six foot two thirty. Casey's probably at his I'd playing weight. I've been watching him go. Casey, you've been losing weight, right? Oof. Yeah. About two eighty five right now. Last year I played the series at three forty ish. Wow. Bravo, sir. I can't notice a huge difference, though. Other people tell me about it. Like, I went golfing the other day, and somebody said, you're looking good and stuff, but I don't really see a huge difference. But I guess when you're, like, 5'10", 340, and 280 is fat either way, you know? <laughs> I, I didn't want to say anything, but yeah. <laughs> I, I had an interesting dilemma. I, choose, I chose to lose some weight just to get back to as fat as I was last year. So that, that was that's my take on the whole thing. I mean... So we should be having. I this can't wait to get place. there and stop dieting and eat some Sundays with Mark. Casey and I, being from Canada, there's a ton of restaurants that we just don't have. And for the last few weeks, I have like Jack in the Box on my mind and In and Out Burgers, and it's 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 dirty. But I, I see a four by four in my future. Well, yeah. for those who don't know. Now, well, everyone knows the World Series is coming, but for those who may be new listeners, we at TPE get a house every year, and this is our prep show. This is our uh, Looking Forward Futures show on the World Series. One thing that I'm looking forward to, and Casey, even though you're on a diet, are we going to make a whole package of hot dogs in between two blocks of cheese on the grill <laughs> this year? It wasn't on the grill. For snack. It wasn't on the grill. Get I'm it in a frying right, pan. Bro. In a frying pan, sorry. No. It was even better than that. It wasn't two blocks of cheese. It was like five or six cheese slices, and we were all boozing, and there was nothing to eat. So I, I know. It was delicious. Food. I'm not complaining. It was and, absolutely delicious. And it was microwaved. Get it right. No, it was no, not no, no. microwaved. Yes, it was. It was, KB. It, was pan, it was pan fried. Uh, no, I think it was pan fried. A million percent was not microwaved because the hot dogs split, and I don't like them like that. Yeah, it was pan <laughs> Well, that's usually like uh, uh, you boiled them. You always get the splitting hot dog during boiling. Yeah, but these were pan-fried in oil and then covered in cheese and then microwaved for 20 seconds just to melt uh, the cheese. Wow. Uh, oh, see, oh, so oh, yeah, that's why they went in the mic. Yeah. My bad, Tim, my bad. Tim, can you say boiling again? You say it so emphatically. Boiling. Boiling. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I introduced my two kids to boiling hot dogs, boiled hot dogs the other day. And uh, they weren't happy. They they like 25 seconds in the microwave, and that's it. I almost have to grill them. I need a little, like, char around them. Me too. Yeah, you need to fry them or grill them. 
Just so what's the over-under on total hot dogs eaten? I'd say it's probably we're there 40 days. It's got to be at least 1,000. I'm probably good for a hundo. I just can't wait to get there, do my way in, win all my bets, and then I can sit down, relax, have a few Heinekens. Eat some Sundays with Mark. For anybody that doesn't know, Mark has a secret passion for Sundays. He's always <laughs> melting bananas in them and doing weird shit like that. And they're really good. Bananas and we eat them every well. night. And then at the end of the series, I'll be 365 later. Most, most poker players love Sundays for, like, poker playing reasons. Not Mark. His Sundays. <laughs> I'm addicted to Carl. Edible Sundays. Done. So speaking of arriving, when is everyone getting into town this year? I get into town on Tuesday morning, the 27th. Ah, oh, sweet. You're Go almost there. playing the 28th. That's crazy. Six days away. Wow. It's getting close. Seems like we just checked out of the house yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I'm you, ready Mark? this year. So, Mark, when are you getting into Vegas? I'll be in four hours after Casey on the 27th. And, uh, yeah, we'll be gearing up for the Venetian 400 the day after, which... So that, that'll be the first event you're playing? Yeah, going to play that, and then we have, what is it, the shootout the following day, and then... No, the Wednesday. shootout's the 31st. 31st, 31st. But yeah, super pumped just to get out there, tired of grinding online. How many tournaments do you expect to play while you're out there? How many, how many tournaments do you think you're going to play while you're out there? I mean, like... I'd I mean, say at least two, 20. But... I'd say at least 20. What's the biggest buy-in? Well... I mean, unless everything's going really bad. I'm going to play the main, and then I think there's a 5K, 6-max. I'm really lax on my schedule. Like, if I'm doing well, I'll play higher. If I'm not, I'll move down. Like, I don't really have an ego, but if I'm winning, fuck it. I'm playing every, everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, what about you, Casey? What do you, what do you uh, look at highest, lowest? How many tournaments? What do you think you're playing this year? Well, the plan is, if everything goes good, I'm going to be playing the main this year, so I'll be out there the whole time, so... Uh, the main will definitely be the highest. I won't be playing any 25K 6 max or anything like that uh, unless I somehow bank the millionaire maker early. Um, so my highest will be the main 10K. And then I plan on throwing in a lot of Venetians and wins and some of the other tournaments. Um, I know some people are boycotting the, the win, but uh, I'm there to make money. I need to make money, and I feel like they're some of the softest tournaments around, and uh, a lot of the regulars are going to boycott, so it's going to be even softer. i got to play some of those. I plan uh, on people, playing 30 or 40 uh, tournaments. So Casey, are they boycotting the win or the Venetians, or both? The Venetians, because the Venetians, of the yeah. whole uh, yeah. owner of the Venetian um, going against online poker being regulated. Yeah, it, it really sits wrong with a lot of people, and I totally get it. I, mean, I, I get it. But the bottom line is I need to try and make money when I'm out in Vegas. Yeah, that, that's a really tricky spot for a poker player that, you know, that is not casually playing, right? It's easy, it's easy for me, who doesn't play for my main source of income, to say I'm never playing a Venetian. But if this is where you make your money and that is the best spot, I can, it's, hard to, it's hard to deny someone that. And, but I mean, I, for me, they're various crushers. Like uh, last year I had a final table and I hit for like, I don't know, 12K or something. And it just really helps with the WSOP buy-ins, you know. If you have 15 WSOP buy-ins, you're talking 40K or whatever the case may be, and you can hit for 20 or 30 at Venetians, how do you not do it, you know? I, yeah. I know some people don't like it, but it's just what I need to do to make money. And, and I'm not like, a multi-millionaire like everybody else out there, you know. 
Casey, I mean, think about it. Like, there's a 1K dub stop or a 600 Venetian. I mean, it's like all, I'm going to the Venetian. Like, the the 1Ks are horrible. They're like the biggest joke ever. Yeah, uh, 600 Venetian starting chips or 15,000 starting chips. Like, it's it's a no brainer. Uh, it really is. I mean, KB and your oi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just kind of decided. I, I actually played them last year, and we had a conversation. I think it was me, you, and Danny had a conversation on the TPE Live podcast about why we were playing the Venetian, uh, despite the Shuttle to Madison situation. And I and I was kind of in the exact same boat. I was like, look, I'm a poker player. Like, it's a it's an individual sport. I'm just trying to make you know, trying to maximize EV, make as much money as I can, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I just kind of, I don't know. I just had a little bit of a change of heart this year. And I'm not. Um, I'm not like really passionate about it. I guess I don't, yeah. know, I don't know if that's a good thing to say. Like I'm not gonna be. I'm not telling people not to play them. I'm not like saying if you play there, you're, you're the devil or anything like that. Um, I just kind of made that personal decision for myself not to play. Now, I, I will admit that a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm playing less events this year. I'm playing six WSAP prelims and the main event. Um, so I'm I'm spending a lot more money, but playing a lot less events. So in a way, it's kind of like. I might not have played them anyway, just because of the way I decided to do my schedule so, this year. So what are you doing aside from that? You're just playing those tournaments? Like, you're taking the days off? You're not going to go to other casinos or the Rio um, Deep Stacks or something? Oh, yeah, you're up playing yeah. the Rio Deep Stacks, right? Yeah, I saw, um, I saw a little action for uh, six um, Deep Stack events uh, to mix in there as well. So I, I shouldn't say I'm only playing six prelims on the main, because I'm going to mix in six dailies at the Rio. What's the and, Rio you know, Deep Stacks? It's like those two sixty fives that run every day, or it's like a two sixty five and a one eighty five or something. Oh, that's the nightly. Yeah, they have like three of them a day. Is yeah, like noon, two, and seven, or something like that. Right. Or two, five, and seven. But to be clear, though, that deep stack. I mean, they call Venetian deep stack. Venetian is the real deep stack. That that becomes a turbo later on. Just to let everyone know. Yeah, you can't beat the rake on the Rio deep stacks. It's like yeah. sixty five dollars on a hundred on two thirty five or something like that. Sixty five dollars on, yeah, yeah. They're they're a little more gambly. They're definitely soft, but they are like a turbo, especially towards the end. But they, it, you know, it also provides you an opportunity to win a lot of money in one day. Yeah, yeah I mean, it could be good thing. if you're like a turbo specialist. It might be great yeah. for Danny, you know. It is, yeah. and the play is absolutely atrocious. I know it's fashionable to say like you know casual players play really bad, but in this tournament. I've played like four or five of them, and they're just really, really awful play. So this is, this is definitely yeah. an edge there for someone who knows what they're doing with the short stack. Yeah. So I, I have my schedule pretty planned out, and I but I'm open to the idea that you know there might be a day where Mark's like, oh, I'm going to go play the 500 at the win. You want to go, and I might just go play it. You know, right? Um, we'll That's see how it all shakes will out. Happen. <laughs> I'm actually a little bit excited about having more free time because last year was so packed that it it was really hard to get like. TP work done. You know, it's hard to find time to do a podcast or to write a blog or to answer questions in the forums. Or so I'm actually kind of excited about having days off here yeah. where I can actually just sit down and work on that kind of stuff. I plan on having a lot of Sunday hangovers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to have a lot of just regular hangovers. <laughs> Six hangovers a week. Tim, <laughs> I want to hear your opinion yeah, you on Venetians. And what you're well, playing? Well, it's just I'm kind of like Derek. Just I put out a package, and it's it's it got got eaten up, and it doesn't really have a whole ton of Venetians to begin with. So it's not like I'm making some kind of stance. It's just that's the way my schedule is falling out. Um, I've been in Vegas like 
every year since 07. And the approach that I'm taking this year is something I've always wanted to do. It's not general. It's not the greatest approach or the smartest approach with your money, but it's a shot that I've always wanted to take. So I get in on the 28th, and my first event is the next day, the 1K. So I, I sold um, uh, eight event um, 10K total uh, package for eight different events. So four 1Ks and four 1500s. But would I'm you be for... willing to play a Venetian? Like, are you a like? I know you're saying like you're not going to play them, but like, would you still play it? Like, if you had a day off or something, would you be willing to play one? I think I'm just curious. If you were there all um, summer, there was like I, like Casey Casey made the point like there was this debacle going on last year, and I did play a couple Venetian events. It seems to have heated up a little more in the last 365 mm-hmm. days. Uh, I've there's been more like promotion from the Adelson side of things to really put a black eye on online gaming. So I guess as he's ramped up his uh, his efforts, I guess in my head I kind of maybe it's I was reluctant to play Venetians because of what's going on and I designed a package accordingly. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to like dance around the topic, but I, I just it's not it's not they're not in my, you know, they're not on my my radar now because of what they've done. It has nothing to do with... But the other thing that I've noticed this year is Wynn's going to have guarantees. Planet Hollywood's got a big guarantee going on. Ari has got some big guarantees going on. You'll be able to bounce around and almost find some really good guarantees without having to play the Venetians. Yeah, the Aria series looks really sick. Yeah. I mean, I'm obviously... I go out there with no planned schedule, so if there's something comparable to the Venetian at another casino, obviously I would take that choice first. And I'm not a like I have no issue with anybody that's uh, boycotting the Venetian at all. Like I I totally think it's a, a fine thing to do, and I totally see the point. It's just for me, I need to kill variants a little bit, and it's easier to, to kill variants in a $600 Venetian than it is a 1K W top. Right, right. I mean, it's also there's the there's also the sort of weird dynamic of the fact that you and Tim are Canadians, like, but he, you know. Adelson has no ability to shut down poker in Canada. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's like. It's oh, so I'm the yeah, bad guy. I agree with you, but just <laughs> I'm the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> I never, I know, that wasn't a factor in my decision making. Right, right, right. Yeah. What about you, Diego? What are you playing this summer? Well, uh, you know, I'm not going to be out there for as long as you guys, so I'm coming in for the first couple of tournaments, and then I'm coming back for the main event. So uh, for me, it's the Millionaire Maker, and then if I don't make it to day two of that, the 1K the next day, and then back for the main event. So it's pretty short, condensed schedule for me. Um, so, so I guess. Don't I'll, worry, I'll make time to make hot dogs for you when you're out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm get in, I get in Friday night, so it'd be awesome if there's like a pack of hot dogs waiting for me. Friday what? <laughs> Dude, there will be hot dogs. Casey and I will buy at least sixty on our first grocery <laughs> stop. Like no joke. Friday the what? Do you get in? Thirtieth, the thirtieth, the first week. Oh, right. okay. Yeah, yeah, hot dog, hot dog. Uh, Hot dog party. Hot dog buffet. Sausage party. I can't believe I just called for a hot dog party. <laughs> Everybody in the pool. <laughs> I deserve to be beaten up. <laughs> hey man, why you got your shorts on? This is a hot dog party. Let's go. <laughs> so well, I don't know. Mark said he's gonna have a thousand hot dogs while he's in Vegas. I know. I said I'm for a hundred. I said over under on the house is a thousand. I think that too. <laughs> he's he's going to have so, fun while he's there. Over. <laughs> my, my question is I guess we can take the main event out of the question because I think that's probably the answer that everybody will give. But what event are you most looking forward to? <laughs> I was going to ask the same exact thing. 
<laughs> no question. I, I think I, me and Marks is the same, the $1,500 shootout. Oh, no, that's not mine. Oh, mine for 100% is the deep stack on the 26th of June. Oh, the $1,500, but you started with 1500 Yeah. I think that's really going to be, like, that's the one of the biggest complaints it's, there's always been is the short stacks that you start with at the at the World Series as opposed to, like, all the deep stacks that go on. So to sit with 15K starting stack at, you know, and have an hour of 25-25, it's just going to be unbelievable. Yeah, know, that'll that probably like be your high point for the series. <laughs> ran, yeah, so I ran my stock up to 15k and a 1500. Oh, yeah, they started to go. Back. You know, I generally agree with you that having a big stack like that is going to be fun, but 20 15k at 2525 actually seems like torture to me. Like, oh my like, god, it's heaven. You could like five bet fold like 104 and it's a good play. How is that torture to you? That's like heaven. Yeah, it's going to be bad. No, I can't I, I it's Okay. Yeah, I just think it's 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 so deep stacked that those first that first hour is going to be pretty meaningless. Is what I'm talking. About. So you, you must hate the main event. Then. <laughs> no, it's, main, it's, yeah. no, it's it's not. It, I guess I do. Yeah. <laughs> Eat your I win. Late <laughs> reg for life. Never mind. No, no, it's that's not true because the main event doesn't start at twenty five twenty five, does it? No, it doesn't. And I'm not sure this fifteen hundred does either. Right. It actually does. I just opened it. It does. I looked at the structure sheet. The main event starts at twenty five twenty five. No, no, I don't no, know about the main event one hundred percent, but I, this fifteen k starting stack. Yeah, main event starts at fifty a hundred. That's fine. Yeah. 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 Tw- uh, yeah. This yeah. isn't a I mega stack, good. guys. It's a monster stack. Monster. <laughs> oh, I think that's a monster stack. Yeah. Diego's gonna show up at level six. He's like, I'm old. I can't I'm wait not, to bump that to level one. <laughs> yeah. I bet you a hundred dollars. You can't. Last shorter. Last shorter. Whoever can bust first. <laughs> How did you get in 15k at 25-25? I had ace queen suited. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the event I'm most looking forward to too. The shootouts are great. Though. I mean, anytime you can win a bracelet, winning three tables is pretty amazing. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had a couple deep runs in the shootouts, and uh, yeah. I just like them. So that's definitely the one I'm looking forward to. Unfortunately, he couldn't beat an old drunk guy. Whoa. <laughs> the drunker yes. he got, the better he got. Yeah. I'll never forget you saying that. You said it for like two days straight. <laughs> like, yeah, look, we got to let the world know what happened. Two years ago, Casey tied for 10th in the shootout. Right? I, yeah. I mean, in the big picture, you, you go heads up in the second table, you're like super tied for 10th, I guess. Yeah, officially got 24th. But I lost oh, the lane black on the second table, heads up, and... I mean, I lost two flips. That was the key. But he the, he just started three betting and four betting and five betting junk because he was hammered. <laughs> Casey was like Casey was like a boxer after like a really rough fight. He was just kind of walking around like he just kept getting better, man. He kept <laughs> he just kept coming at me. I never fought someone that hit that hard. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely an accomplished player. He's. I mean, he's got four or five bracelets. I think Lane. Four, he had a great man. series that year too. He had a yeah, lot of it, runs. Yeah, so I think he owed many. a million people money, too. Oh, did he? Oh. Well, there were so many people on the rail just like, we're really pulling for him, man. I'm like, well, either they like him or he owes him money, one of the two. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Could so, that, so then, KB, when is the TPE member party? Because that's coming up, not right away, but fairly early in the series, right? Yeah, June 6th. Um, we're going to all meet up over at the uh, Gold Coast 
casino bowling alley. Um, we got trophies and everything. It's going to be a pretty epic. You guys uh, did a great job with the trophy titles, I have to say. Uh, I got to give most of that to uh, most of that credit to Tim Kelly. I had some general ideas, but he actually came up with the uh, the trophies themselves, and I think they're going to be pretty badass. Yeah, save them yeah for so the, if, uh, if you want to uh, see what we came up with, you got to show up. Yeah, yeah so it's going to be it's going to be a blast. I mean, this is our fourth TP party, I believe, and they've been just getting better every year and. This time we're bowling for the first time, so it's going to be you know a little competition between everybody. Never hurts, and yeah. So yeah, I hope they have some hot dogs there. <laughs> we probably won't bet on the mat, the bowling games either at all. Yeah, no, can't <laughs> no problem betting. I'm not, I'm not betting. Casey's no probably hella betting. good. I'll I want to back Casey's side. Guys like God at every fucking game there is. <laughs> I've been hitting the bowling alley every week for the last six months. Yeah, since the rumor got started that we were bowling this year, Casey's been knocking them down. So, Mark, do you bring out that thing? Like, that oh, wait, ball it's a what? What? <laughs> I already know. I was waiting. <laughs> so, the ramp? So when you bowled, yeah, do they bring out the ramp for you? Do they have shoes oh your size? Or do they have oh, my shoes God, it's so funny. When I was a kid, I literally couldn't get a shoe born. <laughs> like, I'll never or, forget or that. Or between his legs. <laughs> I am the shits at bowling, though. I'm just going to drink. I'll just make sure everyone's having a good time. I'm not I... good, Mark. We should bet. No, I want to back your side. You can't hustle me. I'm junk at bowling, straight up. So am I. We should bet. Apparently Danny's a sicko. Oh, yeah. Actually, you should take Danny's side. National champ when he was five. Yeah, like... but for the American uh, listeners, it was five-pin bowling, which is popular in Canada, not so popular in the United States. And also a totally different game. Yeah, it's I always, yeah, I always play five pin. That's where after every time you throw the ball, there's still five pins standing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. different game, weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm horrible. So, uh, yeah, what else? What else do we need to talk about? It looks like uh, it looks like the stress balls have also been ordered. We've we talked about this. Oh yeah, yeah we have we have a uh, fresh supply of stress balls. Great, take another one of those to the dome. Although last year <laughs> when we got into a little ruckus, I gave KB the littlest littlest love top, and he complained and said he couldn't sleep for like two weeks. Yeah, you, you punctured my gallbladder. I had to have it removed six months later. I never did that. <laughs> I barely touched you. I I that. saw it and I can confirm that you hit him harder than you think. What are you talking about? <laughs> first of all, first of all, forever he's like, "Oh, Casey punched me. It's hurt so bad." Blah blah blah. And I didn't even punch him. I hit him with my knee. Oh, that's softer than your fist. <laughs> but it was like just a little pat. No, I think I I don't even know if this is interesting to listeners, but I think what happened was it, it definitely hurt a little bit. But then I started having all those that stomach. Problems that eventually did lead to surgery six months later. Oh, and I, wah, so I, wah, wah. so I think it was just a quin, like it was kind of coincidental because then I had that stomach pain the entire summer, and then obviously went home and got, a little you know, bit. Oh, I heard more. about. Oh, oh it was bad. Oh. <laughs> well, every year somebody has to go to the oh, hospital. I, <laughs> 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 oh, I do. I don't know who. I, I'm pretty sure it's Diego's turn this year. <laughs> Yeah, knock on wood, I haven't been yet. I, I have, I have, and I was told I had heartburn. I need to go to Seven Eleven and get um, <laughs> fifteen fifteen hundred dollar Rolaids. 
fuck it, I don't care. I'll say the story. So I had a hernia before going in, and like one night I'm in my room, and we're eating fried fucking wings every night, like <laughs> drinking beer, like our diets are not good. So I'm up in the room, and I'm like, man, my stomach's hurting, and I like start heavy breathing, and like there's only person that's gonna get up and take me to the hospital is KB. So I knock on his door, I go, KB take me to the hospital. So I go to the hospital. Like, I think I have an end strangulated hernia, some stupid shit I read on Google. <laughs> the doctor, I'm like, man, I think I'm having a heart attack. Something's wrong with me. Hernia. I don't know, man. He goes, oh, I think you got heartburn, man. <laughs> across the street. She's not. Two months later, I get a bill. It's like 800 bucks. Just, Wow. <laughs> they, could, they couldn't even give you the Tums at the hospital for 800 bucks? <laughs> it was so sad. And Derek was scared a little bit, man. He's like, oh, honey, uh, Mark's, it's not looking good. <laughs> oh, wow. For a second there, I thought he referred to you as honey. Yeah. What, what, so who, was, who was he talking to, Mark? Yours? <laughs> I, was, oh, no, I called his this mom. I called his mom. No! <laughs> mom, honey, I, I, I knew you and Derek were really good friends, but I didn't know... He was your honey. <laughs> oh, God. Funny. But yeah, that's the hospital story that they're talking about that they didn't want to say. All right, so assuming everyone makes it through <laughs> without any major injuries and we make it to the main event, I want to ask you guys, what do you, what's your prediction on the number of entrants this year? With the, considering that it's now a $10 million first, play, first place guarantee, is that going to impact it? And I think, what was it, like 6300 something last year? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with 6,500. I know that's probably think a standard answer, but no, I don't think it's going to be much higher than that. It was 63.52, so you don't think the 10 million is going to make a big difference? And I tend to agree with you on that, but no, because like it's 8 million otherwise. Like nobody's right. going to go. Oh, I'm not playing until that's, we have that's exactly what I was thinking. But I, I have I have a reason to believe actually it will be more. But let's see what other people think first. I have a prediction about this. I think it's going to be over 7,000, and I think it might be – I actually think it might get close to 8,000. Prop bet. Prop you. bet. I'll take under 8K <laughs> right now. I'll take, I'll take under 7,500 right now. I'll take under 7,499. How about, about 7,200? No. I like, I like that number. I have three main reasons why I think it's going to be higher than oh, maybe some people. Can't wait to hear these. <laughs> First of all, the economy has gotten significantly better, so people have more money. People got their full tilt money, Ooh. so there's going to be some. The third uh, line, not, you're going to say, not, I not, agree. Not a huge impact that from that, but uh, you know, there might be 30 people who play it because they got uh, the only people that got significant money because of the full tilt have relocated anyways, and. I think yeah, that, you're way overestimating if you think that's I agree with that. But the biggest thing will be satellites, which yeah. w, uh, WSOP.com in New Jersey has been running satellites, Bovada's running satellites, and uh, WSOP.com in Vegas is obviously running satellites as well. So I think yeah, there's going to be, I don't know how many. Bovada, but right. gonna... It might get close to uh, 8,000. I'll take under 7,500. <laughs> 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 All right, so... I think I would do it at seventy two fifty. Wait, so what did you say, Casey? You think it's going to be it's going down? Five hundred. Sixty five. And Derek thinks it's going to be like eighteen thousand. And then Mark, <laughs> what do you think? Um, I think it's going to be a little higher than last year, but I don't think the ten million has anything to do with it. I think the satellites on the U.S. sites um, is going to help. So, what's your number? I'll say seven thousand. Okay, and Tim. 
That's exactly my number, seven thousand. Right, uh, yeah. I say, and, then, and again, it's the it's the satellite thing. I completely agree with. I mean, I mean, I spoke to to Derek and them guys about playing satellites at the WSOP, and Derek's like, "Why? You're in the state of Nevada. Open up a open up a WSOP account and just play any of your attempts to get in the main online." You I mean, need to show residency. No, I no, tried you to don't. play on that site last year and I wasn't allowed. It was you needed it last year, case, but not now. If you're in the state of Nevada, you can play. Yeah, you can play. You don't need is that. True? Why, yeah, yeah case, last time you had to, it was something like you had to put in a phone number and it had to be a Nevada registered. Yeah, because they called. Yeah, they called you. That's what happened to me. I'm, I, no, I'm like but, a Canadian phone number. They're like, no. I'm like, okay. okay. Now, now, now they just basically triangulate your cell phone signal, so it doesn't matter where your phone's from. Like I actually went out and played. On WSOP.com. So if I leave a phone in Vegas, I can play from here? Uh, they also check your IP address. So if I use a VPN and leave a phone in Vegas, I can play from here? Yeah, but you have to be really desperate. No, but I'm just not... saying, like, there's got to be something. <laughs> the possibility does exist. Yeah. 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 Who wants to play on the Wither site anyway? <laughs> yeah, dub, the Dubstop site isn't doing well at all. Party Poker's doing well. I, the Dubstop site hasn't been doing that well. Yeah, I think they're doing pretty good in Vegas or in Nevada. And the one in New Jersey is just shit. Yeah, although the probably getting better from what I just. I, I mean, I don't know because I don't play there obviously, but just from like seeing tweets from members and stuff. I mean, it seems like they're getting pretty good guarantees and stuff. Yeah, I think they, they ran a 200k. Yeah, the consensus yeah. is that below it's below expectations, but it's still a long game, and that's you know they expect it to be low, about this low, but that right. doesn't surprise me. But uh, getting back to the main event, I I think I agree that with you, Derek, that all those factors will raise the numbers a little bit. I think you're I think you're overestimating. I'm guessing sixty nine twenty two. That's my guess. Whoa. <laughs> That's only a couple hundred off of where I was at. <laughs> oh, well, if you're if you're getting that specific, 6922, I'm going 6501. Okay. <laughs> I'll put my official guess in at 7213. Oh, that's way off. You said 8000 a minute ago. Well, no, I, I said I wanted to set the over under at 7200. Okay. I, I said I thought it could get up to about 8000. I don't necessarily think it will. And, but I think it. Well, I think it could get up to forty-seven thousand. <laughs> no, it couldn't. They don't have that many seats in the Rio, so suck it. Whoa! <laughs> and now, what day are you all? You guys all playing? What? Which uh, the starting days? Haven't even thought about it. One <laughs> A. Mark. Ha- yeah, Mark has me one hundred percent convinced to play one A. It's more days off. It, the world's the main event is a drag. Like it's long days. Like. Get home, can't go to sleep because your brain is working but, on know, overdrive. Get it. Are you really going to get any benefit from two days off right after day 1A? No, the, I think you could do you know? day 1B and get the two days off if you make Well, the second three. day you could have a hot dog fest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm doing 1B. Which, 1B. explain to him, 1B gives you two days off. It gives you one in between two and then yeah. two and then three. That's right. I think that's the perfect schedule, especially since I'm traveling in for it. And and is it one a one a yeah? If I one a if you're traveling, you have to travel on Fourth of July to get to it. So one beach makes a lot more sense. Yeah. yeah. I actually have a. I have to play day one a because uh, day two a. I have a big appointment uh, at the Spearmint Rhino. 
<laughs> I think that's what it's called, so I can't play two. <laughs> oh, just uh, I'll be I'll be probably doing one A just because that's what Mark's doing. <laughs> uh, Tim, what about you? Well, I'll be. Oh, you might. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say your main event is dependent on an early success. Is that the deal? Yeah, I mean, I'm going out there for like two and a half weeks to start, and then. I mean, if all else, if everything's great, the first two and a half weeks, I won't be coming home. We'll just keep rolling. Um, but if it's, if it's mediocre break, if it's mediocre break even, I'll come back on the 25th for so the 26th. After two and a half weeks, and not coming back. Yeah, it, could, it looks. <laughs> it could be. It could uh, be. Tim Bavada's running these. They have like seventy-five dollar saddies, and may as well tell TP Nation as well. They run seventy-five dollar saddies, thirty-five saddies, two. I bet. I believe a 470, was it a Mega KB? Yeah. And they have What's two What's a Mega KB? <laughs> well, that's Derek's <laughs> name. <laughs> um, actually, let me check this out. We'll give Bada a little press. Shoot, they pay. Bada, um, <laughs> for a long time, were not accepting Canadians. If you're Canadian, you couldn't play. So I did just never ever thought about it. And then I reopened my account after years and years and years. Like, literally six or seven, like... And uh, I had 500 bucks in there. Whee! Yeah, June 8th, uh, June 8th, it's uh, 500. And there's a tough, uh, bunch of tough players, players 001 and 003. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so you should I try to get also, into that. I think they're also doing a May 26th one, right? Um, yeah. yeah, let me check yep, that. May 26th at 8.33 p.m. Uh, I'm playing out at 7 in the morning on May 27th, so don't think I'm playing that. <laughs> yeah. And so, the I mean, Saturn, just the Rio are great too. I mean, even yeah. the sitting goes. But I, I mean, I'd rather play the Megas like five hundred. Yeah. But I mean, if yeah, I'm I, fortunate enough to play, I would just play day one A. I would just because you want to go to the Rhino. Because you, you have to come to the meeting with me. <laughs> Never been there. I mean, I might have to uh, check out the environment with you. <laughs> I could be talking. <laughs> I just think there might be a little more, uh, just because the online stuff I think is going to play deeper, so you just have a little more of a skill edge, I guess. Because those those live satellites, holy shit, are they ever push fast? Yeah. Which is not a bad thing necessarily. It's just obviously not my variant. Actually, I, mean, I have just... the uh, I have the structure open on these. It's three hundred dollar buy in. These are the live ones. Three three hundred three thirty buy in, and it's two thousand chips, thirty minute levels. So that's pretty strange. Yeah, and not I mean in the fact that we we cut our teeth playing online, we might have a small edge there as well between guys who show up to Vegas who are live grinders who open an account to try to sat in. There might be a small advantage to the online player, but No, no, I'm talking about these are, these are the live ones that in the Rio. No, yeah, 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 I'm just saying you know, online ones. Gotcha. Right. Yeah, the yeah I think ones, I played one right, Derek. They're just push fold fast at the end. I mean Yeah, I played one 500 and like you know, played two levels and then I had 18 bigs and I got in with ace queen or something and lost. Like I just—I played one you... saddie in my life to a, a mega saddie to a main event in my life, and there was one seat and I won it later. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a 550 with 4,000 starting chips every day. So nice. if I bust out, I might just jump into one of those. Yeah, and what about those are easy too. Yeah, I was gonna say, what about the sitting goes this year, Mark? Are you gonna be playing any of those? I know you've you played a lot the first year, not very many last year. I played year. one last year. Um, 
No, I mean, if my back's messed up, I'll I'll play them, but I'm planning on just MTTs. Been playing MTTs all year, so I feel like... A lot uh, of people your height have bad backs. <laughs> <laughs> so true. How does a midget have back problems? Makes no sense. <laughs> it bugs me every day. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't get it. No, it happens to a lot of people that are 4'6". 4'8", man. <laughs> By combat. <laughs> oh boy. Um, what else do we Let's have? Let's talk to cover? about Casey's hand where he tried to punt. Yeah, I guess we should probably jump into a little bit of hand action. All right. Okay. Let's do that. We're actually going to, uh, after the break, we're going to come back with uh, a proper strategy segment with uh, with Ben Warrington. But I think it would be worthy of going over this hand because you actually posted this on Facebook and Twitter. I can see got like a lot of a response. A lot of chatter from a lot of regs about it. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. This could be interesting. So why don't you uh, go through the action for us? All right. Um, it was the 215 scoop, um, basically the Sunday warm up with uh, an extra few thousand players. Um, it was fairly early. Um, the blinds were 100-200 with a 25 ante. Uh, I was in the hijack, and uh, it was folded around to me. So I opened the ace of clubs, four of spades, and then um, I got repopped by the small blind, or actually by the button, um, repopped me. Um, I made it 400. He made it 1,020. Now, this guy had three bet me. Literally, the tournament, like, it felt like the tournament had just started because it plays so deep. Um, he had three and four bet me a few times already. One time he showed down 4-8 of spades, and another time he showed down 6-9 of diamonds, I think. So Did I knew that he was he was three betting really, really, really wide. You mean three? Did he five bet you, or did he, he four did bet He did five you? bet me with... The four eight of spades, and it got the okay. Shoulder. So, um, not to interrupt, but I want to ask you. Well, I guess I'll wait for the action. No, go ahead. Well, so you already said you open. Don't you think this hand plays better as a four bet? I was just about to ask that, especially with the ace in your hand as a blocker to his cards. Well, I mean, four bet's definitely an option, but when a guy's shown a propensity to be able to five bet with eight four, I don't think I'm really going to narrow ranges down a lot. Um, I think I might have the best hand. Um, I normally don't flat three bets with ace four off out of position, although we are super, super deep. Um, I have 11K, and he has more than that. Um, so we're yeah. really, really deep. That's actually why I kind of – I'm not really sure I like a four bet here because it kind of opens you up to a light five bet, especially if he's as ag as he you're saying he is. Right, he's already five bet me pretty light, so I'm not sure I'm going to narrow ranges that much by by four betting. So I just decide to flat. Okay. And, and you're not the flatting four- because your hand is strong. Explain that to him. You're flatting because you're the big dog and you destroy people. <laughs> well, I mean, I do like my post flop game, and uh, I'm not going to just let a guy abuse me over and over and over again and just keep folding. Like I take everything personally at the poker table, even though you shouldn't. Um, I'm just like, fuck this guy. Yeah, and, and you're not flop dependent. That's the thing. Like, Casey doesn't need to flop an ace here. He doesn't want to flop an ace here, in fact. Like, you're going to win the pot without making a hand quite often. 
Yeah, I mean, like I say, I'm I'm happy with my post-flop game. I am out of position, so it makes it harder to go ahead and just boss the pot. Um, but I also feel like because of what he's 4-bet me with and 5-bet me with and 3-bet me with, I might actually have the best hand. Um, so I've just decided I'm not going to fold to this guy at this particular time. Right. In a flop game, yeah. 8 of hearts, 4 of hearts, 3 of clubs. So I actually flop mid-pair with top kicker. Um, so I have a little bit of showdown value now. If he had something strong like an ace-king or an ace-queen or anything like that, some sort of Broadway connecting cards, uh, I'm good now with my fours. So I check because I have the showdown value, and I'm not trying to bloat the pot. Um, the pot was 2500 and he bet 1113 So it's a pretty standard check call on this street with this hand, the way I've played it. Definitely. I don't really see too many other options. I mean, I don't think I should be just folding, and I don't. I don't feel like I want to lead here because I want to keep the pot small, um, and I don't like a check raise. I just like taking my showdown value and seeing if I can get the cheap showdown. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, I go ahead and call, and the turn comes the six of diamonds. So now the board is eight six four three, and again I have ace four. There's two hearts on the board. Um, again, I feel like if he has some sort of Broadway cards or, you know, maybe 9-7 or 10-jack or whatever, um, I'm ahead with my four. Um, so I just decide to check call, and okay. I do check. Go ahead. Um, okay, so I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just want to ask because I feel like the people need to know this. So you check, he bets. Yeah, he bets uh, 2100 into 4800 We agree now. I mean, he still can have ace-king and ace-queen, but, like, he's trying. Trying to rep over pairs, correct? Like, absolutely. Like that's why I'm not trying to get too crazy with the pot. Um, when I call the 2100, I still have over 7,000 chips left, which isn't ideal if I lose the pot. But it's still, it's still a significant amount. Um, I feel like he's going to barrel a lot of draws, a lot of his air. And if he does have an overpair, which is definitely 100% possible, like I mean, he's represented on every single street. Yeah. Um, He's going to barrel, but I, I just don't want to bullet the pot because I know the guy's crazy, and I know he's capable of making moves. Now, is but he's tra- definitely repping it over, like 100%. Yeah, I'm just wondering now, like, calling on the turn, like, how are you, like, what's your thought process on the river? Like, are you always calling the turn, and then if it comes, like, a deuce or something, like, or, like, a three, the board pairs, are you always calling, or it's just kind of one of those decisions where you're calling the turn and obviously you're praying he checks back whatever the river is yeah Um, i'm not always calling definitely not i mean it's going to depend on what he bets it's going to depend on what the card is um definitely not timing yeah timing but i'm not convinced i'm beat here so i i I always hate folding the best hand so i make the call and i am prepared to fold the river because like i say i still have over seven thousand chips left if i do fold and the big line is only 200 so it's plenty deep enough yeah so I do just call, and then the river comes the king of clubs, which, I mean, if he did have ace-king or king-queen suited or something like that, he just got there. So, I mean, when I first seen the card, uh, I, w- I considered repping it. Um, then I just decided to check. There was 8,900 in the pot at this point, and I checked, and he absolutely smashed it instantly. He snap-shoved 10,000 chips which is over a pot bet, um, although I only have just, I have less than pot, so it's not quite a pot size bet effectively. Um, but he just shoved it in, 
And my thought process at this point was... Hey, Casey, okay, before either, you say it, can I, can I just take a stab at the thought process, see what you think of it? Sure. So, first of all, I mean, I, I, I probably fold here because it's just, you know, it's incredible to, 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 to put your, your tournament on the line with this, and, and I know you have more ability to do that than I do, but what, like, I'm looking at this, and, like, he's putting me most likely on something weakish that it just wants to get to showdown, and I'm thinking, right? Like, it feels like I have some, I hit a piece of this board, or maybe I have, like, sevens or nines, and... I'm he feels like I have exactly what I have. Right, exactly. Like, it's just like a really weak piece of this board. I have some and, sort of small showdown value, and I'm right. trying to get there. And he's prepping Nines is also small showdown value. Right, that's nines what I mean. Nines and tens are small showdown value based on what he's repping. So right. when he smashes it here, like, wouldn't he be betting much smaller if he was trying to get value from a nine, nines, tens, four, a pair of fours, a pair of eights, like... That's See, I don't think he's. Ja- I don't think he's ever jamming nines and tens here. I don't. I. I don't know. Maybe he is. I don't think he is. No, but if 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 we're re- if we are if our range is heavy in like a, a one pair like a medium strength one pair hand, he should not be jamming here because what, if he has value, if he has a hand that, that's getting value, because we're full too much. We we will most players right. will fold here. Well, that's, so that's part of the that, reason I make the call. I mean, if he bets forty two fifty, I probably fold. That exact, that's exactly what I'm getting at. It doesn't feel like a value bet at all. Right. Well, if he bets 42.50, and he's he's like committing himself to the pot, and it looks like super super value. So my thought process basically was the only things he can have here is a straight, somehow he, he a straight, or a set. He you know flopped a set and he continued barreling, but he should never have nines, tens, jacks, queens even. And be ripping that because the king is a scare card, and you're just not going to rip your whole stack going for value with an over on the on the board. Like I never think it's that. Yeah, the only right. king I think he can have is like ace king or king queen. The thing and about then I'm not even sure is, he's going to rip like that. He's still going to value bet. Sets are like really rare here because that would mean he'd be three betting. I mean, people do do it, but like I'd say I mean, he could a have king king king. King, yeah. King, King makes a lot of sense the way his line went if he actually did have the hand he was repping. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm saying eights, threes, fours, sixes, flop sets, turn sets are right. a little – I mean, it's it's a possibility. No I agree. Doubt. I agree, yeah, I agree it, totally. It's a three-bet pot, so I think if Casey has a super strong hand, there's some point he's going to be making a move too. So it just Casey just seems like a four, fours, a six, an eight, and, and how can he get value? with 10K from one of those hands, unless, you know, you go to the fifth level here and think Casey's going to think exactly what he did think. I mean, the, to be honest with you, the guy's thought process was probably dead on this whole time. Yeah, he's like, like the he, play is fine. Yeah, the play, his play is fine because he, he really probably good. has me on pretty much the hand I have. Maybe even ace eight or seven eight or something like that. But mm-hmm. something that he's trying to get me off of because he knows I'm not that strong because of the way I've played it. Right. You know, mm-hmm. the, the only hand I could really have where, you know, is maybe I, it's more likely I flop a set because I'm going to flat a three bet with eights, threes, and fours. Exactly. So it's more likely I have that, but then I'm going to lead the river. So I'm like, right, his, exactly. play is, his play is pretty fine here. Um, just mine is better because I just don't believe him. Um, well, my question 
Is if this guy does check that turn for some reason and then bets value on the river, you're just getting out of the way because it's probably of, uh, yeah. if he if he takes a different line, then probably like if he if he if he checks the turn, you know, you maybe check, check, I might that possibly take the river, and then you're like, that is a crappy card. He may actually think um, that like I may it may actually make me think that he had a heart and wanted a free free card on the river, so I might call. Um, depending, mm-hmm. the only way I would fold here, I think, literally, is if he bets forty five hundred chips or something. Yep. Makes it look like super value. Fine. Just the way he just snap crammed it, I, I just felt like I was good, so I made the call, and he had a seven, and I was good. And interesting. Sorry to interrupt, KB. I'm sure I think that was you. A seven turns a, a gut shot, so it's actually a really good card for him the barrel. Uh, plus, if he's trying to tell his story. He's still repping the overpair, so and then like the overcard comes on the river, like he can definitely have ace king. His line is fine. The call yeah, I think is just he plays sick. the hand absolutely yeah. fine. Like I think he I plays think, it absolutely fine. I think he, he would have won this pot against ninety nine percent of the people, but I'm just too stubborn to fall. He, <laughs> he may not barrel the turn too without the gut shot. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say when you're not playing with the guy, but the turn, like the turn, is just more outs. Like yeah. Yeah, definitely. He does pick up some more outs, and uh, definitely a good card to two barrel. Like I, when I'm playing, I say that to myself all the time: "Is that's a great card for me to two barrel." Yeah. Any time so, yeah. you turn any draw, it's good barrel card. Right. Did Did you call quickly, Casey? Like I'm, I'm wondering how long the process took you on the river to come to the conclusion. As that soon you were as calling. I seen he snapped, I almost beat him in the pot. Oh wow! Mm. Nice. I just almost beat him in the pot. I did, like the only hand I really felt like I could be beat by is. King, 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 or Ace, Ace, Ace. Yeah. Maybe Ace, King, I'd say, too, is a possibility. Yeah, but I just don't know if he's always two-barreling the Ace, King. Yeah, I don't think, it's funny you say that, I don't think, I'm not sure he does either. So I think two-barreling Ace, King, even King, Queen is bad. So yeah. So, like, you're right, most of his Kings are trips. <laughs> yeah, King, 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 or Ace, Ace is possible because, I mean, everything he said, he was saying monster the whole hand, so... I, yeah, I pretty much snap called here, and uh, I doubled up early in the tournament. I went on to make a big run in this tournament. Lost a big 500k flip late, but don't try that at home. Start. Yeah, Make don't try this people at home. know not to try to do that because I've tried to do that, and it's cost me thousands. It's something that takes <laughs> hours and hours of work to know this, and like. I'm sure Casey, if he posted this or whatever, he would get bashed by all the nerdy two plus two regs and be like, "Oh man, your equity." This is just what he does. Like it's sick to watch. <laughs> Still play. I was yeah, I thought it was pretty impressive. I'm glad we got a chance to kind of go over it on the on the podcast. Definitely. Cool. All right. Well, uh, see you guys in a week. I guess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks, boys. Wee. Yeah, looking forward to trip. it. Looking forward into getting my weigh-in done. Looking forward to eating some carbs, preferably yeah. Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's carbs, carbs. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, like I said, um, you know, obviously we'll be doing the TP live podcast from out there. So if you guys want to keep up with what uh, all these guys are up to in terms of results at tournaments and what's going on around the house and all that stuff, you can check that out over at tournamentpokeradge.com. And uh, you can also follow all these guys on Twitter and see what they're up to as well so we'll uh we'll wrap it up there we'll take a quick little break and then we'll come back we'll bring in ben warrington catch up with what he's been up to talk a little strategy and uh see what he's got planned for the world series as well we'll be back on the tournament poker edge podcast see you guys next week
gotta help me out That's all we planned last night And you need a taxi Hey everybody, welcome back to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. Time to uh, talk a little strategy, and today we are very lucky to have Mr. Ben Warrington on to, uh, to go over some hands with us, and we'll catch up a, a little bit with him on what he's been doing. So how you doing, Ben? Hi guys, yeah, doing really well, thank you. And yourself? Uh, doing good, just yeah. getting ready for the, uh, the big trip, you know? Yep. Yeah, makes two of us. Ben, yeah, time to head to the desert. Ben's coming out this year, huh? Yeah, I am. I'm going to be there from the Millionaire Maker, and... So- Hopefully stay for the majority of the series. Um, I, I mean, I call me optimistic, but I'd kind of like to just think a bracelet or two, then maybe go to Brazil for the World Cup and come back to the main event doing that. <laughs> that sounds like a good plan. I think, I, you know, I, I don't think anyone else is thinking that way. So <laughs> you have that to yourself. <laughs> I love it. We'll see, we'll see. I'm a dreamer. <laughs> awesome. Well, welcome back to uh, the States. You, you, you didn't play as much last year. You, you didn't do the full World Series last year, right? No, I came out for three weeks. Right. Um, actually, I met uh, Derek out there. And, um, I stayed. That's right. For, I played quite a few of the WSOP events. And, um, yeah, I made a few deep runs, but it was mainly in like, the 1Ks and the 1500s where, yeah. you know, coming like 80th, and I think I had a 90th, so... I think I, uh, I definitely should have lost that series, but um, it was the first series I'd played for a while. Uh, it was the first series I'd ever played since the 2008 main event. Um, so I think this year I'll be better prepared for it, and it's going to be a lot less partying and a lot more sort of poker. Uh, I'll get the balance right this year, so uh, I'm going to be playing most of the events, and, and yeah, really looking forward to it. And because yeah, you've, been, you've been playing a lot more live poker recently, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much uh, dedicated the last 18 months or so to live. Obviously, I still do play online, but not like I was before, you know, sort of, say, from 2008, 2009 until 2012, I was mainly an online guy, and I made a transformation of, of, of playing more live tournaments um, since that period. So, yeah, I feel like um, I'm in pretty good practice for it. Yeah, I've been following, uh, a lot of us have been following you. It seems like you're in a different place all the time. Uh, where are you now? 
Where in the world is Batman? I'm, I'm actually I'm in Playa Carmen, Mexico. We decided uh, a few of us to get a an apartment out here to grind the scoop. Ah. It's pretty impossible from Europe because in Europe everything starts late and finishes late, and right. uh, I don't really enjoy sort of staying up until at 9 a.m. in the morning. Right. Uh, uh, especially if you can come tenth or something, or yeah. you know, like so, so. Here, here it's great because you can start and have a, you know, get up in the morning, do some exercise, live well, start right. your session at like 10, 11 a.m. And, um, and you know, and if you go deep, then then you're still playing sort of uh, midnight, but that's fine. And um, the hours is just much more sustainable for a healthy lifestyle. And I think actually it's helped us, helped all of us play really well this this series. Well, it seemed to, it seemed to work for you in the uh, the twenty one hundred dollar. Uh, bounty event, right? Yeah, I found a table that, so that was really good, actually. Um, I made the day two of the, of the 1K tournament, so that started on Tuesday, and um, I didn't have too many tables up, so I wanted to focus on that. So uh, I also pulled up a 2K tournament, and I busted the 1K, and, and, and managed to make day two in the 2K, and uh, I think I went into day two, like, first of 30th or something, um, had a really good heat to that day, and uh, I pretty much started where I left off on, on day two, and managed to make the final table with, with a decent stack. Uh, it was a pretty stacked final table. I had like a French dog, Elki, uh, a Japanese online pro who made another final table who, who was playing really well, mm-hmm. uh, a German pro called Bad Beat Meister who, who's like a uh, always seems to show up in deep in these tournaments, um, uh, and a few just generally it was a pretty solid final table. So uh, that that was that was interesting. I'm actually going to be reviewing that. Um, that tournament and uh, you know my hand history and then maybe doing like a uh, final table as a as a review of all the cards face up you know as the poker stars sort of in finding the lobby there. Oh, that's awesome! We've so that's, my, that's my next plan for my next video, and I, I think it's going to be a really really good one actually. I'm quite looking forward to it. Yeah, I have to yeah. say we get a real we get a lot of people who who love your videos. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but there was I, when your last video series, there was a massive wave of discussion around the king queen hand. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know if you you're aware of that, but like I, I, people were texting me. Um, I'll dig it up and uh, and and the when we close the uh, the podcast, I'll, I'll remind people which video it was. But yeah. I, I was getting people. Uh, Texting me about that hand and the call you made. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I think I basically I think I shoved the river and it was it was just a spot that didn't right. make any sense. Yeah, to me. Like, I mean, he folded like with like I don't know maybe five big blinds or six big blinds. Like it was amazing. Yeah. That I, you got, I couldn't I couldn't think of him having a hand he could bet call there. So I was like, well, this is going in, and uh, I think it was like in the first part of my video. So yeah, that was probably the only actually interesting hand I played all, all that video. <laughs> <laughs> it was good enough because I was getting people. Uh, texting me about about that hand just in the middle of the night yeah. randomly. <laughs> awesome. So so now since we've talked to you, uh, you have had the scoop score, um, which which uh, online wise is very impressive. But you also had, for those of you who don't know, uh, Ben final table in EPT main event right in Prague. Yeah, well, I was I was playing a lot of began to play a lot of live tournaments in 2012 and. A little hit by variance in them, you know, as you do, because you you know you can't put too much volume in. Um, and I came into the final, you know, the final month of the year, really, uh, really desperate for a live result. Unfortunately, it came sort of in the last tournament of the year I played, which is the EPT Prague uh, main event, and I got fourth in that. So that was a pretty huge boost for me in in, in all respects, really, in terms of you know mentality, bankroll, um, confidence. And um, and yeah, that was definitely an influential result in my career so far. 
And that that was the uh, that was it, the final two. It feels like a long feels like a long time ago now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of was. It took us yeah. way too long to get. Yeah, it's, it's been like you know almost a year and a half. But uh, yeah, actually, Dip Dip from Mark Herm was on there as well, and, and uh, we we played uh, a lot. Of, we played a lot of poker together that tournament. He was on my left, the final two tables. Um, I was crushing until then. You know, until the final two tables, I was just cruising. Uh-huh. And um, I was just had like 3.4 million chips with like maybe 18 left. The tables broke. Dip from dip from came and sat on my left, and uh, life got difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I, I was just sort of waiting for the right hand against him. I didn't really want to commit my stack there with um, you know without without something that plays pretty well against the calling range. Yeah, and that hand never really came. So a lot of the time I was just like opening, and I think I bet him once and had to fall to five bet. So I, I, I was playing pretty cautiously against him because um, I just recognize, um, you know, how much of a boss he is. And then I didn't, uh, I didn't really want to get in a big confrontation against him and, and, and bluff away sort of a big portion of my stack because I think momentum is a big, big part of those uh, tournaments. Yeah. So let me ask you, Ben, someone who, who went from online to, to live, um, and, and has had success in both arenas. What's something you realized, um, maybe not right away, but as you got more and more live experience, that you realized that was very different about the two types of games, or instrumental to becoming, you know, really good at live poker? Yeah. And I asked that in preparation of the of of the you know the World Series, where a lot more people are going to be playing live. I think you, you know. there's quite a few things. I mean, obviously, you can't underestimate how, how the, you know, the live tells and really looking out and making sure that um, you're picking up a lot of the information that the player's giving out. I think by doing that, you can probably speculate a little bit, a little bit wider post-block than you can do online and make a few more bigger plays in that respect because if you can really use the information correctly, there are some guys who you shouldn't be losing a big pot against. Right, um, right. I think that also... The thing that I say, I hit the nail on the head when I, in my, in, in my head when I think like um, the key to being a good tournament grinder in live circuit is really finding finding that um, balance between accumulating chips and actually grinding. Right. Because I think far too often in, in my first maybe year or two of playing live tournaments, I just tried to accumulate chips just too fast and um, and tried to take too many spots and and I think. Finding that, that balance between accumulating chips and patience is, is really, really, really important for tournaments because they do last, you know, days and days. So, right. um, obviously, getting to getting deep enough at the time and putting yourself in a good position, I, I think, uh, if you can stick to sort of that, if you can find a balance there between those two, you're going to be able to do that a lot. How long do you would you say it took you to start developing or recognizing tells? Is that something that was natural or took took some practice? I think a bit of both, really. Um, you've got to know what to, what to look out for, and um, and I think it comes with just. I, I've always played stuff like home games and played, you know, even when I was at university playing like you know small casino games, and so I haven't I haven't just been from an online background, um, right. but definitely there is a lot a lot to learn in that respect, and not just you know also how you conduct yourself and how you handle your own chips. Right. Um, is right. is a pretty important factor, but um, I think in general, you know, it it's not it is obviously an important factor. I wouldn't say it's um, 
it's something I wouldn't say like you know if you can't get live tails and you can't go deep in live tournament I wouldn't really wouldn't really suggest I wouldn't really um, right. play that but I, I think it is important. And how how do you handle the fact that you're playing one tournament and just one tournament that day um, and that tournament you know I must take on more importance yeah. than you know the, the the random tournament you're going to play well, online. I actually I, I actually enjoy it and I think that um, that's a big part of it. You know I really enjoy it and um, and I enjoy the social aspect. I think that. I always remind myself that I think playing live poker is more profitable. You know, if you can put, if you can put the volume in, obviously playing tournaments in cash, rather than sort of autopiloting 20 or 50 online tables where there's, you know, you're playing turbos on poker stars on a Saturday, and you don't really have much edge. Right. You know, I think that over the course of the year, if you can put the hours into live poker, you can really make it work. And and, and you can see why some of these guys handling mobs, they're not lying. You know, I'm not quite there yet. But um, I really, I really think that it's not too far away in the future, and I'm going to have a good series. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely, uh, I think it's. You also like one of my tricks, for example, is um, is just keeping yourself entertained, whatever way that is. You know, I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying like don't don't focus on the table, but uh, I've got like ten different ways of folding my hands. I'll do like one is like the 180 flick, for you know, the other way is like. Just like angry tilt fold, and I don't know, it's just <laughs> angry just generally, tilt fold. <laughs> <laughs> just gen- generally um, trying to keep yourself like you know not not too bored and and, uh, and and keep the patience up really, and even make conversation or something. You know? Derek, can we get T-shirts that say "Angry Tilt Fold"? <laughs> That's my favorite face on the podcast today. I, I do those online too. I, I just yeah, pound I my mouse on my desk. Yeah. yeah. Do you uh, do you miss us Americans at the table when you play well, online? Um, I, <laughs> I know it's a random so, question out of left, left field, but yeah, the problem is, is that you know the only Americans that play are the guys who relocated and who actually yeah. make a living from it. So right, you have good ones. The Americans, yeah. because the games have changed a lot. I mean, my strategy in Europe is very, very different to my strategy in Vegas, um, and that's partly because of the player pool. So uh, when I when I go to Vegas, I think most of the the, the tables are, especially in the World Series of Poker, you have to get a good start. If you can get a good start in these fifteen hundred dollar tournaments, you know you can actually go into into the later stages with with a good stack, uh, into a good structured tournament for day two. But it's it's important to get off to a good start, and I think that a lot of these guys are kind of uh, maybe uh, middle aged recreational players who just want to tell their wife they made a dinner break. Right. You know, like hey wifey, you know I've made a dinner. So so they're pretty bluffable early on. I'm gonna, I mean I play a really really loose aggressive style uh, in the first. Uh, in, in the day ones of these sort of small stack starting events, and, and it did me well last year, so I'm going to continue with that. And I can just get away with much more stuff that in Europe these Russians and whatever wouldn't they wouldn't allow you with. Um, so people are making mistakes in different areas. I remember why in the 1500 I played last year, one of the ones that went well, I had like 50k at like a dinner break when it was just. It was a huge stack, yes. and uh, and it was just I'd knocked out all the young guys at my ta- in my table, and like there was just old guys left looking at me like, wow, what just happened there? And uh, <laughs> and one of them said to the dealer, he said, uh, can I have a pen, please? And I'm like, uh, I was because I was still stacking my chips, and the dealer's like, yeah, what do you want? What do you want a pen for? And he's like, oh, um, I need to write the table number on my hand in case I forget it. And I was like, oh my god, do not break the table, do not break the table. <laughs> <laughs> It was like incredible. So, so how do you 
how do you take advantage of that, Ben? Are you are you playing more hands? I mean, I, it sounds like you're playing more hands. Are you, yeah, are you being tight and just playing aggressive when you get in a hand? Like, what, what's your so strategy? I'm definitely playing much more hands. I'm going to just try and run over the table a lot more. And because, and, you know, the structure's not there at the beginning. And if you play an EPT and you've got 30K, uh, you can go into the dinner break at, you know, what, 150, 300 after sort of six, seven hours of poker and still have 100 big blinds. Right. Um, but it doesn't work out in Vegas, and there's such big fields. And um, I think guys, they, they play a lot more loose passive. Uh, sorry, uh, yes. a lot more tight passive, right. you know. So they're not going to be three-betting even hands like jacks and queens sometimes. And um, and I think in that respect, like poker in Europe actually has evolved a bit quicker than, than the U.S., um, just because it's newer here. And I think that um, a lot of the player pool from the World Series of Poker are actually kind of old-school guys. Yeah. Who, who enjoy it every summer. Um, so it, it's an interesting dynamic. Uh, we'll see how it works this year. So hopefully I can go deep in the few and then maybe day two play a little bit a little bit tighter. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. What do you think about the um, the monster stack event that they're running this year at the World Series where you start with 15K instead of the usual 4,500? Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely appealing to play. Um, I, I haven't. I, it sounds, seems a bit strange to me because obviously I'm just used to these 1500 starting with really small stacks. Um, but I think it, it, it's going to be good. It's going to be good for guys who, you know, who are put off playing these World Series poker events because of the small starting stack, and they'd rather go and play like a Venetian deep stack. So I think it's going to be good. It's going to drag a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of players into the tournament, and uh, and, and I guess it's going to increase the, the skill edge and be able to play a little bit more patience. So. Um, I'm all for it, yeah, definitely. Yeah, this should be a really fun event. By the way, speaking of needing to write your table number on your hand, yeah. the first event that I ever cashed in in my life, I forgot what table I was at, and I couldn't oh, find right. it for like 10 minutes. <laughs> it, was the worst, it was the worst feeling. Ever. Like, this was like, you know, I don't know eight years ago. So like the, first, yeah. the first time I ever went to play a real tournament, I was just like, where the fuck is my table? At least you're trying to take your chips with you on break. People <laughs> no. have done that before. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, but I I can remember in some of those early tournaments where I was like, well, is somebody watching the chips? Like, what? you know, you, you forget what it's like to be the the guy who's playing his first tournament ever. It's pretty funny. There can't be that many of them anymore. I mean, I guess there are, but it seems like uh, you know, at least even if they haven't improved, it's not necessarily people playing their first tournament and and they're they're making those errors. They're probably just making habitual bad long term leak errors that you right. take advantage of. I have a question for you two actually, you know, two guys uh, a lot of experience in the world se- in the World Series. Like I'm thinking about playing the pot limit holdem tournament. Um, what would you say would be the big differences there and what would your guys' strategy be sort of into the, taking into that tournament? I'm just curious because um, I, I I'm I'm, intri- I'm intrigued to play it. So I had that which have one? experience Yeah, which which buy level? There's a, there's a three K as well I think. A three K? Well, first I have to say that I've probably played five pot limit hold'em tournaments in my life, and they were probably misclicks when I regged them. I actually, I actually won one that I misclicked on Bovada. And I don't know really know. How, I mean, I'm not. I have you know. I've probably played ten total, right? But I ended up winning one. Small brag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, so you, which level are you talking about? The fifteen hundred, the three K. Like you can't, you can't really three bet sharp twenty big blinds stacks, and and, and it just intrigues me. It's like more post flop play, maybe. I mean, I, I'm intrigued to see yeah. what you guys think. 
I mean, again, I have, I have, have the disclaimer that I don't play a lot of mm-hmm. pot limit, but I, w- I would say that you're right. You're going to have a lot more post-flop play, which is going to give an edge to a more skilled player. And I think there's probably a lot of people like me who might just happen to be in Vegas, and that's the yeah. event that's running. So, yeah. they, so they, might, they just play it or whatever. As well, and be like, I thought it was no limit. You know, I would, yeah. I would look at what is up, what it's up against in other venues that 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 day because I was considering playing a pot limit Omaha event three years ago, and instead I went and played a Venetian. Um, because I think it was like a 600 and it was like a nice guarantee. And, you know, that will drag some of the players away that would have taken the shot. Now, if there's only a 5K at the Venetian or, a, you know, a mixed, a mixed game at the Venetian, then you'll probably get the people playing there. But yeah. you have to just kind of look what the competition is. There's nothing viable anywhere else. You're going to get people who just want to play it. And you should have an edge there if you, if you played at all. And... There's no antis in pot limit, right? Do I have that correct? <laughs> You're really the wrong I, person I, to ask. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really not yeah. sure. Actually. Yeah. So uh, I, I, don't think I, think that, I think that changes some strategy too, but I don't know how. So. <laughs> yeah, I will, I will plead the fifth on pot limit strategy. <laughs> yeah. Not my, not my area of expertise. I, I rem- you know, I, and I do think you'll get people who reg who don't even realize it's pot limit. I played a six max event at... Um, uh, ch- the Cherokee circuit event and had one guy sit down at the table and go, so what does the six max mean? <laughs> like, he, he was like, does it have something to do with the betting? Or something? Like, I remember he asked some weird question and the guy was like, no, it just means there's only six players at the table. And he's like, the whole time? <laughs> so, you know, they just they just see a poker tournament and they're like, yeah. oh, that's like on TV. I'm going to play it. So Yeah, I, it was funny. Um, I played a few six max tournaments last year and I just... I don't think I had the right balance there. I think I just went at it too aggressively. And I think in six max, people expect you to be just playing more aggressively and, and, and making more moves. And that it didn't actually, as a tournament, didn't really work out for me, that strategy. So I think in the six max tournaments this year, I'm going to be a little bit more patient and, uh, and kind of bluff less, really. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think I have that same problem. I tend to, I've played two of them, and I tend to. I think you like get yourself all amped up, like yeah, six max aggression, three, four, Every five million. It's gonna max. be sick. Everyone fun. thinks there's a, there's a boss at six max, but <laughs> yeah, they can't all be bosses. That's right. Yeah, everybody I'm has a boss. <laughs> everybody has a boss, right? So there's 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 someone's gonna be better than you, <laughs> yeah. no matter who you are. Um, yeah. All right, so Ben, we have a couple of hands um, from our forum that we thought we would like to chat with you about. Um, so let me send you here the hand Um, it is it's a clean 10 hand so the link should be in the Skype window okay okay I'll do this first one and Derek if uh, you want to do the second one that'd be great sounds Uh good alright so um, this is posted actually just a couple days ago from a member on our forum it's a poker stars five dollar um, event. I'm not sure if it doesn't look like any series of any type. Um, it, they're at they're at 125 to 50 with a 30 ante, um, eight-handed. And let's see, he does not give us any reads, unfortunately. But we'll just take it as a brand new person at the table. And our hero is in MP2 with he's in the hijack. Yeah, he's in the hijack, right? You're right. He's in, yep. He's yeah. in the hijack um, with. 29 big blinds. Mm-hmm. And it folds to him. 
And at, like I said, 125-250, he opens to 526 with 10 queen of spades. Uh, he gets a call from the cutoff, who has him covered. The cutoff has 62 big blinds. And then three players fold. So mm-hmm. I always like to stop and just get a check, quick check, even if it sa- seems standard. Any, any, anything to say about the heroes? Oh, so I mean, he's basically made like 2.1x pre-floor uh, with a hand that I think is he's definitely he's playing 30 big blinds. So I think that's that's totally fine. Um, right. I think that uh, so the, you know the guys behind uh, there's there's a, a short stack in the button, but right. uh, he's got sort of 10 bigs, and, and I think. You know, we can call him off. The other stacks and appliance and us covered. So yeah, we're definitely going to be opening that hand there for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, I, I, good, good, good point to mention out. Even though we're we're past we're past preflop already, but um, yeah. the button did have only ten big blinds, and then the the small and big blind had very big stacks, uh, over eighty bigs each. So queen ten of spades, and, and the flop was the flop was six of spades, mm-hmm. eight of eight of hearts, and queen of diamonds. So our hero has top pair. With a backdoor flush draw, yeah. um, and there is sixteen sixty-seven in the flop. Hero is first to act. Um, our hero checks here. What, what would you do with yeah. the, the, the the top pair here? Well, um, we've got so now we've got six sixty-seven behind. Um, I personally don't like taking this sort of line, especially you know against one caller. Um, who I think we're going to be missing out on value just too often there. Right. Um, there's so many hands that he can call with. You know, I think his range is a lot weighted towards maybe like even like 10-9, 7-9, right. even like 7-5 suited type hands, jack-10. Uh, maybe maybe we can get out kicked with our queen against queen-jack and, and can queen a few times. But uh, you also have pocket pairs and just put us on ace-king. I think by checking... Um, obviously, it's villain-dependent, but in general, I would prefer to see that this flop um, maybe try to get him to float us one or call right. the worst hand and reevaluate on the turn. Um, I think nowadays you see so often um, guys aren't sea betting their top pair hands, mm-hmm. you know, or, or they've got jacks on a six eight queen, or they've got you know queen with a you know with an average kicker, and they're not sea betting. So you, you have to ask yourself, what hands are they sea betting? Right. If you're not if you're not sea betting top pair there. Right, you know, and you know, what are you see best? Right, and I, I mean, I'm trying to put myself in the hero's, you know, um, mind here, um, and I will say that the, the the title of the thread was Queen Ten Pot Control or Max Value, and I think that's what's going on in the hero's mind here is that you know he wants to control the pot, and I'm and I'm making the assumption is because his queen doesn't have a great kicker, and he doesn't want to play a very big pot with this, especially out of position. So what do you make of that thinking and that sort of strategy going going into the No, floor? because he has 30 big blinds. He's open, you know, hand that flops pretty well with queen 10 suited, and he's flopped top pair. He, he, needs, he needs to go for value. He needs to double up. He, he wants to try and get the chips in. If he gets cooler on that flop, the guy's, you know, flopped a set or, or, or better, you know, better top pair. But I think it's a flop you definitely have to bet. I can see his reasoning, you know, a lot of guys' reasonings for sort of checking um, I wouldn't say his check should be for pot control. I think his check maybe is actually you're more likely to see this sort of check here to keep other hands, worse hands in, and, and get the guy to sort of bet at you and and, right. and what have you. But um, definitely, it's not a hand you want to be pot controlling with. 
a hand you want to be going for value with and trying to get value against, you know, worst queens or ace eight or or, or gut shots or, or pair, you know, pair and overcard type type hands. Um, so I'm going to be betting that flop all the time and, and depending on the villain uh, and obviously depending on the turn card, uh, decide then whether we want to check and sort of maybe have him trying to trying to take the pot away from us and, and sort of check call, check raise or keep betting. Um, but I think the flop is fairly. I, I prefer betting. And, and so, if we're looking at hands that we think we can get value from here, um, obviously any queen that's worse from, worse than us, um, we're obviously better. We're, you know, we're behind queens that are better than us, but we're also targeting, uh, you know, smaller pairs. Like you said, maybe nines, tens, uh, sevens. Yeah, I mean, maybe some of those he's through betting pre-flop, but even if he's right. got like pocket sevens or point fives, he's probably going to call one bet. Right. Mm-hmm. And are we? Do we think we're like? I guess the the question I'm trying to ask is, you know, from those hands, is there a way that we could play this hand to maximize or maximize the times we get two streets of value from hands like that? Yeah. And, we, sorry. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the question. Like, you know, is is it possible maybe we get r- turn and river calls from him with those hands if we check here, or do we think maybe, you know, maybe we'll just get flop? And if we check the turn, if we bet the flop, and then maybe we'll get the river. Like, how do you maximize the amount of times yeah. you get those two bets from him? I think it obviously depends depends a lot on how the board runs out. Um, right. So I think we have to we have to bet flop. We have to get value on the flop, and then uh, we have to decide whether we can we can get three barrels or just or just maybe flop and turn or maybe just flop and river. Right. Uh, but I think the flop bet is pretty influential and. Uh, you know, another point looking at, looking at the hand. Let's say that if I'm if I'm the villain um, rather than the hero, you know, um, the next time that this this hero c bets me, um, he's getting raised. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you know, yeah. if he's not c betting his top pair, like uh, his his c betting ratio value is so so weighted towards air hand. Right. So that's how I'm pretty much making a lot of money. You know, on, on tournaments right now is sort of identifying who's checking these flops to me because they've missed the flops and who's checking these flops to me because they're trying to do something or they want to do some pop control right. and get worse hands to bet. Uh, and, and obviously from the latter group of players, these are the guys who see bet some raising and floating and don't betting turns and, and, and what have you. So, Yeah, and you know, actually, you, you made me think of a, I think, well, hopefully it's a good point, <laughs> in that if we're trying to get value out of nines or, or sevens here and we think we can get a bet, you know, we can get him to call the flop, I mean, if the, if the king of diamonds comes on the turn, right, just to use that hand as an example, like, we're probably going to lose that, that, you know, and then we decide to bet, we're going to lose that that part of his range. And so... Yeah, and we're also going to start betting, betting into more hands that beat us, like King Jack, right, right. King Ten type hand. I think the mm. key with that flop is that there are so many gut shots there and straight draws, and yeah. guys always want to get to the turn with gut shots and straight draws. Right, right. Um, you know, if the turn then bricks off as a three, then maybe we can check to him. Um, and instead of betting there, you know, maybe give him a chance to stab, and, and we can then take it from there. But um, we definitely need to build a pot, and I, I, I'm, I'm not sure that checking is the right way to do that. Uh, maybe unless the villain, you know, if he'd have given me um, some information on the villain that perhaps... Every time he's checked to, he bets, and um, and and he's just a, you know, he gets out of line that respect. Then then there would be more reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be curious to know if um, if our hero here uses a HUD, and if so, if he's if he's using the fold to C bet stat, and if, yeah. you know, if this guy's only folding to C bets, like, 
you know, twenty percent of the time or something, then I would just see bet every time when I have a hand because they're just going to float you every single time. Exactly, especially on that flop where it's actually hit a lot of hands um, in his in his calling range there from from the from the cutoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with uh, Ben. I would I would see bet here pretty much a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Um, okay, and then. Well, okay. So when we check, though, what what does what should we then expect the film to think of our range then? Like how how now that we have checked? Yeah, I mean it's obviously difficult to put Villain on a thinking you know or sort of thinking level. He's only in the five dollar freeze out. Let's say that he was a competent player. Um, I think I think the um, we're going to be see betting like most of our ace ten ace jack hands and and and. and Maybe checking, you know, some maybe our weak queen and and pairs between like sevens and, and jacks there. So I think that our our checking range is actually quite strong compared to our seabet range. Right. If I if I if I'm thinking that, so I'm probably going to check behind um, most of the hands and get a free card. Right. Um, but the villain probably hasn't seen it that way, and maybe he's maybe he smelt uh, check as a weakness. Right. Uh, the river spot's pretty interesting. Yep. All right. So let, let's get to, let's get there then. So um, so the hero does. So to, to recap, the uh, I'll just re, restate the board because it's been a while. So ten. We have ten queen of spades. The flop was six spades, eight hearts, queen of diamonds, um, sixteen sixty seven in the pot. Our hero checks. The villain bets seven fifty. So a little less than half pot. And our hero just calls. Um, I think once you check and he bets, there's not much else you can do there but call, and we go to a turn. So now there's 31.67 in the pot. Um, we have how much behind here? 750. We have about uh, 5,800 behind, and it's the three of clubs. So now what do we do here um, as the as the hero? We're first to act again. So the turn is a three. Um, I think once we've checked to him on the flop, we've got to keep checking and just try and, um, you know, let him back keep barreling essentially. Right. Um, right. Now that he's barreled, now that he's now that he's led or he's been flopped. If, if we wanted, if we wanted to play the hand, you know, really really funky, we could maybe like stick a small bet into him and try and do something if we think that he's just stabbing the flop. Um, if you know, if you wanted, I, I think that's. A reasonably good line to take if you think that the hero can get out of line a lot. Sorry, the villain can get out of line a lot. Yeah, and uh, this is about the best card. Best card we can ask for. Yeah, because I mean, I, I guess I guess we could maybe put like a nine hundred bet onto the turn there, and and maybe the villain um, we can actually induce a lot of a lot of raises from him or a lot of floats just because we're not mm-hmm. not really repping mm-hmm. too much. That three shouldn't have helped our hand. Um, so if you wanted to confuse a villain that might spaz out, I think that would be a good line. But um, but otherwise, I think checking is fine as well, and just you know, I guess hoping that the guy continues his story with worse hand. He doesn't. He doesn't. So he checks behind. So now we go to the river. Same thing. Thirty-one sixty-seven in the pot, and now the eight of uh, spades comes up. So there's no flush draw. No no flush draw comes in. Um, but we do have two eights now on the board, and. Now it's up to our hero. Um, now, given that the villain checked behind, now is the time to go for value? Um, I think definitely, yeah. I think we've got to put a small bet in there and just try and get something to hero us off. 
Um, obviously, the eight, you know, he could have an eight in his range. Uh, let's actually look a little bit closer into the villain here. You know, his name is William Melo. You know, that's a Brazilian name. Mm-hmm. Mm. What does that tell you, Brazilian players? They're a little bit more creative than the average. Right. Yeah. So um, that makes me, you know, want to try and do something from him. I think he's done that with a good bet size there. Yeah, Hero bets fourteen twenty, and the villain raises to three thousand ninety. So yeah, so it's just almost a little bit more than a min raise. I mean, yeah. um, really difficult spot. You you'd think that if he had an eight, he might he might um, go for more value. Yeah, but uh, something tells me that the villain's got an eight, and obviously because the guy's posted his hand, it makes it more probable. Yeah. But um, I still think we have to call because we're getting such good odds for it. Right. And um, and we played our hand so weirdly that you know we've induced some creativity, most likely. Yeah, yeah, I'm, sure, I'm not sure how early, but obviously the guy. That you can, I think you, there's a big you know what the fuck factor in yeah. some of these some of these spots. So um, <laughs> right. Generally, I think players bluff small. Um, in river spots, like for example, you know, if someone's like three barreling, I think they might generally barrel pretty small in the river as bluffs. But I think if you're actually betting into someone and they're raising you, I think if he was trying to reprenate his villain, I think he might have just shot. Right. Uh, this feels like he's really just trying to extract value, uh, better you know, min raise on top. Uh, I'm not saying that we can fold here, but uh, because we're getting the right odds, but I'm definitely not loving. Yeah. Well, uh, the the original poster does also. Um, he says his options should be shove or fold, never call. But I kind of disagree with that. I think it's call or fold. Um, yes, definitely. We can't really shove because we're not going to get yeah. called by work. Yeah, yeah. We're not. Queen nine is not going to call. No, and probably queen nine barrels the turn. So uh, we're very much bluff catching here. Right. Um, I think a big mistake people do is actually like um, shovel in when they can't actually uh, get called by a worse hand yeah. very often. So what you're doing is you're basically letting your your opponent free roll your money. That's right. Uh, you're, never, you're never showing a profit, you're only showing a loss, or breaking even or showing a loss. So um, so that's definitely not going to be a, a, wise, a wise move. Yeah, I think a lot of times, too, people will just shove here because they've already put so many of their chips in that they're just kind of like, well, <laughs> I put this many and I might as well put the rest in. But, I mean, he would have like nine or ten bigs, I think, left if he just calls. Yeah. yeah I think if I'm doing that, right? You know, we, we've got to we've got to go with it. Yep. Yeah. And I don't think we find out the result, right? Yeah, unfortunately, let's see here. No, he never he never comes back. He just says he says in the thread, "Great advice and great debate." Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Ted doesn't yeah. tell us what happened. So, <laughs> well, I think I think a lot of people like to just leave it, you know, a mystery in case somebody comes upon this thread two weeks later and wants to have some input. I guess they they don't want to give the they don't want to give the results. Well, now so. that we've covered it on the podcast, uh, Esto. Uh, well, because his uh, his forum name is Esto S Penarol. So I don't know if that's Brazilian uh, or not. Um, uh, sounds, too Spanish. Crazy. sounds Spanish, right? Yeah, okay. Um, so if you are out there and you listen to the podcast, please let us know what you had because I'm curious now. Uh, okay. 
Thank you. Yep. Next to hand. Next hand. Cool. So the uh, the next hand is. Uh, we got this. Do we have this one in the Skype thing? We do. I've, I've just got yeah. it on now, actually. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, so it's from uh, TP member Sen S E N. Uh, it's from a Poker Stars. 109 tourney. This is actually from a scoop event, so um, I guess if there's a good person to ask yeah. about scoop event, it's Ben. Um, so we are at 600, 1200 with the 150 Annie. Uh, Hero starts the hand with about 47 bigs. Uh, he's got 56, just over 56,000. Um, pre the preflop action is as follows. So the Hero's on the button. Um, I, I wish I could pronounce his name, Nick. Nagiba. Yeah, sounds right. I'm going with that. Uh, he's under the gun. He makes it 2,400, so a min raise from under the gun. Two folds, and then our hero is uh, sitting with two, three of spades, and he... No, sorry, there's actually one more call before that. Um, and then two more folds, and then our hero calls with the two, three of spades. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so hero's on the button. So I guess the first question is, would you be calling on the button here with two, three of spades with our stack? Uh, well, I mean, under the gun's raised, and um, and there's been a call then from sort of uh, under the gun plus two fold round to our button. I, I don't really like calling here because yeah. I don't think our hand's quite strong enough there. We're just three two suited. We're not we're not playing hugely deep stack. We know we've only got like 47 big blinds. I don't think it's terrible, but um, I think it could actually be quite a nice hand to three bet and sort of maybe maybe like disguise there. Um, oh, I, yeah. I would actually prefer to three bet this hand and to call it. Um, I'd just rather go maybe like heads up in a pot. And you know, um, I think we're going to get respect on a lot of the the high high flops and maybe uh, get put on ace king on some of the low flops, for example. Um, and I think we've got a good stack to sort of triple barrel here. You know, if we can three bet and bet bet bet, I think you know that's four chances to get our opponent off the hand, right? <laughs> Yeah. So, so I'm not going to be calling here, Pri. I'm probably going to be folding unless I feel like getting a bit frisky. Um, but obviously, as played, he's called, and we've gone five way to the flop. Yeah. So we end up with, uh, like you said, five players to the flop, which makes the uh, the pot thirteen thousand three hundred and fifty. Uh, and again, we have the deuce, three of spades. The flop comes queen, queen, jack with two spades. Mm -hmm. um, so not not the worst flop for our hand, but. Uh, Maybe not the best. Um, what, and then this is interesting because it goes four checks <laughs> to us. Um, what, what are you doing here when you get four checks on this board? With what, you know, we basically just have a really bad flush draw. Yeah, I mean, um, it's a pretty self and difficult spot, really, isn't it? Because <laughs> the board's paired, and uh, uh, I think checking back is okay if you know if you if you just want to try and turn a spade and keep the pot small in that situation and try and get some thin value against other hands. I think that would be fine. Yeah, part of me initially when I looked at the hand, part of me thought, why not bet? Because we've essentially gotten the best flop we could really hope for, mm -hmm. other than flopping straights or you know trips or boats or whatever. Um, but I can't imagine somebody not having a big piece of that kind of a flop in a five-way pot. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so again, there's 13.3K uh, in the pot. Checks all the way around. The turn is the eight of spades. So now the board is queen, jack, queen, eight, three spades. Mm -hmm. uh, we now have a flush, although not a very big one. And the first player to act uh, bets 6,000 into the 13.3K. Yeah. So he, he's coming from the small blind then. So it's definitely... Um, 
interesting because it's not you know under the gun who's done that. Under the gun folds and uh, and sorry, under the gun doesn't fold. Big blind folds. Under the gun calls and and we call, which I think is fine. You know, it's only a sort of a small bet, and uh, we could have the best hand some of the time. You know, if they've got maybe just one spade or even uh, you know the small blind who's actually bet out, he might he might have a hand like king queen or queen ten and just have trips. He's never going to have jacks or queens there. Um, so, so yeah, I think that that's fine. Obviously, and then and then pre, pre playing it pretty cautiously on this river here, depending on what it is. Obviously. Yeah. So you would never raise this turn. I don't really see a point of raising because I don't. I mean, I, I just think that there are too many hands that are beating us already. Right. And we value telling ourselves against worse flushes or or um, getting to fold and um, or even just building a pot onto a hand that we're actually quite susceptible to being outdrawn with. Right. And we could even get blown off our hand, I guess, on the turn. I mean, if we raise here and then yeah, somebody just course, piles. Or I mean, I know obviously guys like to find out a bit of information, but I think generally this is just a call. And if okay. it's checked to us on the river, we could perhaps think about betting. Okay. Uh, Makes sense. Um, so, the, yeah, like you mentioned, there's a there's a bet in uh, two calls, including our hero. That makes the pot 31,350 as we go to the river, and the river is the Ace of Hearts. Yeah. And now and now Katie, Mike, XXX, who was the better on the turn, or the, the first better on the turn, um, bets 52,000 into a 31,000-ish pot. It sounds like a porn film, doesn't it? Katie, Mike, XXX. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google that afterwards. <laughs> I think I'm gonna fold for the porn couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the third player in the hand does fold, and it's now on us. We have a flush. I I can't imagine a world in which I'm ever folding here. Although I'd probably think for a second before I. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't I can't imagine yeah. ever calling. Yeah. Here. Uh, <laughs> um, but but I, I probably do think for a second before I fold. But I think I'm folding 100. Yeah. I think it's just uh, okay. Well, there's so many combos that. I mean, um, the small blind could easily have queen jack, queen eight, even pocket eights, maybe even ace queen, because not everyone is going to be raising there from the small blind with ace queen. You get a lot of passive players as well. Right. Uh, there are better flushes. There's just a world out there. And is he really nothing that much against two opponents? Um, I think, as I said, a lot of guys actually bluff small on these river spots. Uh, I've seen it so often, guys just like, taking small stabs and. Um, this looks like a very, very, very uh, easy fold for me. If we had the nut flush, um, that would be that. If you know, we had king high or ace high flush, that would be an interesting spot to talk about. Then, um, you know, maybe maybe there are a few hands in his value range that we, that we could beat. Uh, but even then, I, I think I'm probably against this size. I think his bet sizing is weighted much more than the nut flush hand or or a full house here, and there are and there are plenty of combos in this range. What do you make of the, you know, the big over bet? I know I do this in spots, and this is actually a pretty good board example of where I would do it. Where, you know, if I do have ace queen here, I think I can actually get called by some random queen or by a flush. Um, I mean, maybe even by an ace. I think we've gone five way to a flop, and uh, it's not heads up in a pot, so I think the. That definitely changes the, the dynamic, and um, I, I don't think that we should be get 
I, don't, I think this actually could be a good bluff spot, you know, for us betting the pot. You can't really get called by uh, by anything other than a nut flush or full house, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So if we had maybe ace jack with ace of spades, you know, we've got blockers to full house, we've got blockers to nut flush, uh, this could actually be a pretty nice bluff spot. What, <laughs> what would the villain expect us to do with a queen here on the flop? Like, would it be expected that we would be check- betting here on the flop and... and does that give him enough information about our hand? Um, but there's also another player in the hand. It's not just us two. That's, that's right. So that's that right. does make a big difference. But yeah, I, I do think that's a valid point. Um, even so, I, I just I think this screams just someone with like a full house trying to get value from a straight or, or a flush. Right. Makes sense. So. I think we all agree River is definitely yeah. a fold, yeah. and, and we could have saved ourselves a fair amount of chips. If you get a bit, get a bit like 12k on the river, I think maybe you could have more like king-queen and, and then straight hands in his range, and obviously some flushes as well. Um, so that would that would be interesting, because then, you know, we potentially could have... Uh, he potentially could be bluffing, or potentially could be uh, have a plus value hand. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I, I think what you say... Someone doing this into two people, you're right. Like that, that's that's quite risky if you don't have very strong hand. That's that's a pretty strong bluff. That's just like basically <laughs> saying, you know, like there's two there's two two guys here who can call my bets, so I'm gonna just fire right. a bomb and, and, and hope one of them just you know. Right. Has, has a I mean, it, it's brilliant if he doesn't have if he is bluffing, but it's yeah, just, if he is bluffing, then wow. Yeah, it's just so strong. He's so if he you know if he's bluffing, he's so likely that someone has a piece of this that and will make it. I might now have to bluff him in some of these spots in the World Series. <laughs> Probably going to go broke and then blame this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> print his hand out. Yeah. That's funny, and no results here either. Yeah. But I'm going to assume he folded. I think he's I'm not going to lose. I'm not going to lose any sleep over that one. No. Yeah. So cool. All right. Well. I think we can probably wrap her up, huh? Yeah, good stuff, Ben. Good. Looking forward to seeing you in Vegas. Um, Very much so. Yeah, we'll all be out there. Um, I'll be out there at various points. I know Derek is out there for a lot longer as our other TPE pros, so we'll have to, you know, get together and 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 meet up in person finally. I know you guys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah we'll yeah, drink. A, looking forward to that. Yeah, we'll drink a few more beers this year. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna come visit the place as well. Yeah, that'd be a blast. Come over to the pool or something. Sweet. Sounds good. All right, buddy. Well, uh, safe travels to Vegas, and we'll see you there in probably a couple weeks. Okay, looking forward to it, guys. Oh, hey, Ben, before we go, anything you want? um, I know you have a couple ventures of your own that you've been embarking on. Like, you know, people follow you on Twitter. What would you like to get a shout-out there on? I always like to make sure people get a chance to do that. Um. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be making the most of that next time. Trying to start a business opportunity that uh, has a lot to do with um, obviously with poker, but also with sports betting. And I've got a few experts in different fields that I'm putting together. And uh, and yeah, I think it could reach out to a few TPE guys. Um, right now, I'm 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 coaching a few of the TPE members. I want to give a shout out to. Uh, guy from South Africa who I've been like coaching and mentoring now since Christmas. He he's plays online as Element under Dash ZA. Uh, his name is Ashley and 
he had a really good scoop. I mean, he, he came like 25th in the Sunday Millions. Um, he, uh, he made so many day twos and just ran so badly in these spots. But uh, I want to give a shout out to him just to say, keep going, man. And, you know, if you keep playing like that, then you're going to have some huge results. And uh, he, he's a TP member, so I think can appreciate that. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, so you can, uh, you can kind of keep up with Ben on Twitter at, uh, at Benoit1. B-E-N-W-A-1, I think I got that right. And also at benwarrington.com to find all the info on what's going on. Excellent. Cool. All right, thanks again, Ben. Uh, right. we'll, uh, we'll take a quick break here. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast. If you are looking for the best MTT training site on the planet, look no further than TournamentPokerEdge.com. Tournament Poker Edge focuses exclusively on multi-table tournaments and features some of the best live and online pros. No waiting through cash game videos looking for the occasional tournament video. Tournament Poker Edge also offers strategy articles, forums, a member chat room, and much more. So visit TournamentPokerEdge.com and start taking your game to the next level now. Podcast. Uh, big thanks to Ben Warrington for stopping in, talking a little strat. That was uh, that was enjoyable. Good to catch up with him. He's had a nice little whirlwind run over the last year or so since he's been on the podcast. Yeah, he's really uh, coming into his own as a live pro. I think uh, people are starting to notice him. Yeah, it's fun to um, to kind of follow him online and stuff. And it's the cool thing is that he he seems to balance both really well, like online and live. He does. He does. Seems to find plenty of time to play online, yeah. but get in. I suppose it's a little easier over there because yeah. you, you shorter travel distances and all that kind of jazz. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's my uh, my dark horse. Um, the bracelet bet. I mean, not, oh, not that nice. I have one, but if I had a bracelet bet, I would. Uh, maybe it, it, okay. Let me restate that because he's, he's not <laughs> playing a lot of mixed events, so I wouldn't right. pick him in a fantasy pool, but. Of the people we know, and you know, people who have a good shot, or ha- would have, you know, a a, a decent shot, uh, I would I would say that he's given the volume he's going to play, and how much live poker he plays. I think he's a he's a good dark horse. Yeah, yeah, he's probably got he's probably got as much or more live experience over the last two years as anybody on the TP roster. Yep. I would think. Now, I of course I'm playing two tournaments this summer, and I will win a bracelet in one of them. So. I hope so, because I have a piece. So. <laughs> I, want, I want it to happen. <laughs> yeah, so do I, so do I. So well, you, at least a second place finish to me. Yep. One of the two. yep. So, yeah, so we, uh, we had a packed house tonight on the, on the podcast. Yeah, it's always fun catching up with the uh, all the TV guys and kind of going over what plans are and stuff like that. I know, you know people who are enjoying it from home like to kind of know what everybody's plans are and all that kind of stuff, so... Um, hopefully everybody enjoyed it. We we always tend to get a little carried away with ourselves, and <laughs> you know it, it's like a bunch of old friends getting together on the phone. But uh, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll make sure to keep people updated from from Vegas well, this summer I, as well. I really liked Casey's hand, and 
I I got to tell you, I feel really good about reading that river bet. I just feel like it was such a transparent bluff against yeah. Casey's his Casey's perceived like what he perceives to be Casey's range. Like, right. He's never jamming for value. There's no, like like you know when we talked with Ben about the guy jamming on the river with all the the flush the flush drawers came in the uh, I don't know if a straight came in but there was the boat possibilities like like I could see jamming for value there because there's plausible second best hands that right. that would call right you know if this guy has the ace high flush well you know the king high flush is probably gonna call <laughs> you know right. you know if this guy has a boat and he puts our vil- our hero on an ace high flush well I could see jamming there there's plausible hands that would call and say well his you know his range is polarized and i you know i i have a very strong hand you know that, that i could see you know sitting in the villain's spot and saying I, I, i'm going to get calls from this good hand because the way there's a lot of sec- good second best hands out there in in cases right. in cases like you're not going to put casey on ace king if the guy has trips yeah. you're not going to put casey on King, I mean, maybe you put Casey on King something if the guy has aces, but I doubt. No, Casey's not making it to the river with King something. <laughs> yeah. So there's just no plausible sec- second really good value target there. Right. So, yeah, that I think those two hands are interesting yeah. compared to each other, and I don't, I don't even know if I really explained my thought very well when I when I said it to Ben, but that that hand is the kind of hand that I do that with a lot for exactly yeah. what you just said. It's like you. There's so many hands you can get called by. So sometimes I'll just be like, well, if they're calling, they have this kind of hand, and I think they'll call it all with that kind of hand. So I might as well just put it all in. Right. I think think Andrew Brokus' value targeting series on TPE is a great way to kind of start thinking that way. Because he really – that's what woke me up on that hand is like, what's what's this guy's value target? It's it's, Mm – you know, he's going to – I would be betting to get value from – Ace four, <laughs> or right. or really like not even ace four because it, it is people don't expect you to call a three a three bet with ace four out of position. Although I don't think it's that awful, but I, I do think that people aren't expecting that as much. So he's got to be getting value from a pair of nines. That's really what he should be trying to get value from. And and a, a, you know putting pair of nines all in is not the way to get value there. Um, right. If you have you know aces or ace king. You, you want to, you know, as Casey said, 4,200 is, is, a, is a much better bet. Yeah. So Agreed. anyway, that was interesting. Well, a bunch of interesting conversations tonight. Good, good strategy tonight. Yeah, that was fun. Yep. So let's, um, I guess, recap a little bit about what we have going on over at TPE yep. as we get ready to leave for the summer. Yep. So um, a lot of good stuff. Um, Daryl, Jace just finished a series um, reviewing a high uh, hand history. Um, and I think, speaking of Andrew Brokus, once again, um, a great series is currently running for those of you who are getting ready for the World Series. Um, it's called LOL Liveaments, and basically Andrew breaks down key hands from a recent um, local tournament that he played near his house in a casino in, near Pittsburgh, a 1K Um you know, all told, he probably picks about you know ten or fifteen hands from the tournament, and kind of you know starts from earlier buy-ins, earlier levels to the final table. 
and he made it yeah. very deep in this tournament. So um, it's all sort of blind levels, and you know it's great. You know, live live tournaments, it's hard to do hand histories because you know hand there's no there's no hand history saved anywhere after yeah. after hand is done. Um, so Andrew took some copious notes um, during the the tournament and then turned them into slides and. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great prep for the World Series. And, you know, it covers, obviously, basic poker theory and a lot about live tournament players and how to play against them. So if you're mm-hmm. going to go, good good, good series to check out. Yeah, I think it's going to be cool. I actually have uh, not watched it, but that's intentional because I'm saving it for the four-and-a-half-hour plane ride to Vegas. Yeah. I figure I'll need, I'll need something to uh, take my mind off being in a flying tube in the middle of the air. Yeah, so. and you know what? Uh, this is this is actually a decent series to play while you're driving, believe it or not, because you don't need to um, if you don't need to look at the screen that much. Oh right, you know, yeah, that's true. like I mean, and and the the parts where you do need to look at the screen, it's like very big slide. Like here's the hand, like here's the stack or something. Like it's not, it, it's you know, depending on your setup. I'm not saying you know, put your phone in your lap and and. You know, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> please don't. Yeah, don't, don't do that. But you know, like I have like the hot, like I have like a holder that goes up in the vent of my air conditioner, and I just throw it on there, and it's really like, you know, listen to one of Andrew's podcasts. Um, and, yeah. and so, uh, so it's it's really good for that. So I recommend that series to everyone. And another exciting thing that's going on is we are about to launch a new um, feature at TPE. Um, we've been working on it for a little while, and we call them. And I think you came up with this name, so kudos. I think it's the perfect name. We call them Tournament Poker Edge Stop and Goes. Um, Very mobile-ready, short clips, um, you know, one hand at a time, maybe sometimes two hands at a time, but most of the time one hand at a time covering specific concepts. So if I just take a quick look at some of the ones that are coming up, I'll give you an idea. we're going to be launching this most likely next week. It's in final stages of testing. Um, so I, the first couple I have here, you know, how, playing bottom pair in a gut shot, playing queens shallow, big blind defense, playing a big draw. So there'll be short five-minute videos or so covering one hand, um, really fast to load, really targeted and made for mobile devices, and, you know, also neat maybe while you're on break at the World Series if you want to, you know, Listen to a quick, uh, watch quick, quick, quick hand um, to get your mindset right. Um, I, I just, I, I just love it. Call, I love it. Um, the title, the name, stop and go, because that's really what it is. It's really on the go. Like, it's really for on the go. And I think a lot of people are checking out TPE more and more from their mobile device. So we wanted to give them content that that they could use um, on the go. Yep. Yeah, I think it's gonna be cool. Uh, and also, it will. Uh, for the people, you know, there's people who can't get enough videos, and there's people who can't keep up with the amount of videos we put out now. Yeah. Um, but this will be a cool little sort of stopgap measure for people who are looking for more and more content because right. we're going to put them out on the days that we don't currently put out Right, so you, videos, you get more so. content. It's all part of your TP membership. Um, and, you know, I think it's a it, it's nice to have a different style format here because you know, not everyone wants to watch a 45-minute video, um, although, you know, that's the majority of our videos and most people do enjoy that format. Um, I think it's nice to have some variety here, and especially if you want to just quickly absorb a quick topic, um, and of course the, all the features you can comment on them, have conversation around it in the in the you know in the comments, um, download them, all the stuff that we normally do. Yeah, and it could be something you know where you're having a problem with a specific spot or something. You know, like oh, I you know I don't know what I'm doing when I 
flop flush draws out of position right. or something. And, you know, hopefully eventually we have such a library of these that you can find the exact, yeah. you know, situation that you're having trouble with and you can watch it. Yeah, so. we got a bunch of them already in from our pros, so, um, you know, we have a nice little stockpile. We'll be putting them out regularly. I'm not sure how many a week, but more than one. And, uh, and they should be starting next week. So we'll, you know, we'll hit social media, get everyone aware of it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll let everybody know, and we'll put a uh, we'll put a topic in the forum uh, somewhere too, where we can get feedback from people because we'd love to hear a what you think of them uh, once they actually get launched, and b you know what other additional topics you'd like to see covered on them. You know, so. I'm just thinking out loud here, but what might be nice is if we allow people to send us hand histories, like a single hand, right? Like, yeah, like, I think that'd be great because we're we're asking the pros to give us their you know we we we've made some list of topics that we want to see. The pros, of course, are coming up with some of their own topics, but it's the kind of thing where we could take one hand from you and throw it into a stop and go, and yeah. and that helps us because you can tell us, hey, I had a really you know tough fl- flush draw, like you said, out of position, um, and and then you get to get your hand reviewed. So we'll uh, we'll figure that out. We'll, we'll put something out in the uh, in the forum, calling for them. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, let us know what you guys think. We're always obviously looking for your feedback. So yep. Cool. Exciting stuff. Cool. Um, last minute, or not last minute, but one last reminder, uh, June 6th is the TP member party in Vegas. We mentioned it during our conversation with the boys, but want to make sure everybody knows about it. So uh, there is a thread in the forum about that. So if you you know want to make it out to Gold Coast to do a little bowling with us, uh, we'd love to meet you guys. Met a bunch of cool people last year. I think we probably had 20, 25 people out last year. So um you know, if, if you're in the area, and we purposely did it closer to the Rio this year so that people who are staying there and stuff can come out. So we'd, we'd love to meet you guys. Come on out. Absolutely. I will not cool. be there for that one, but you guys, I'm sure we'll have Ooh. a good Yeah, I know. I suck. Yeah. I suck. What can you do? Well, oh well, this year we'll, you know, we have to just final table the main event and then uh, spend next whole, whole next summer out at the World Series. How about that? Yeah, and if we final table... The main event will have a really, really big TP. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Is it just, might, is it just the best time of year? It's like, ah, oh, here comes the, the World Series. Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, even aside from playing, which is awesome, and aside from hanging out in a house with a bunch of your friends, which is also awesome, I just love being able to go home and, like, check updates and yeah. look at chip counts yep. and see who's going deep and watch following Twitter to see what, you know, what kind of crazy hands people are getting into. Wait. And there's, a, there's always like some good stories yes. that come out of, you know, like people arguing about this, that or the other or fights or what, you know, there's always some good, somebody get, you know, 69 from the Rio. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. When did you so, start following the world series, the, the main event in while it was happening? Like when did you start kind of following it? As opposed hmm. to just watching it on ESPN. Yeah, I mean, I want to say it was shortly after. I mean, I'll tell you, for me, it was the Jamie Gold year. Because. That, yeah, that actually seems kind of right to me. Who won it the year before? Well. The year before was Hatchem. I don't th- yeah, I was going to say, it might, it might have been the Hatchem yeah, year. I don't think I kept up with updates of, ha- of that Hatchem's year, but I know for sure I kept watching the chip counts. And it was very primitive back then. I don't know if even Poker News. No, Poker News was not covering it. I think Card Player was covering it. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I feel like it was on some other site, like Card Player or Bluff. Or... Yeah, I think it was Card Player. They didn't have nearly as much coverage, and they had, you know, I would just, you know, refresh the chip counts, right? And, like, right. I didn't even know who these people's people were, but it was like, 
you see Dimitri Nobles, <laughs> like this guy with right. a giant back, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or, and I don't even I don't even think Twitter was really no, prevalent Twitter yet, was, if it was even no, out. It was, not, it was not out yet. 2006 was yeah. not out. So it was really just very, you know, very static content. Um, but I do remember following it. But now it's a completely different ballgame, right? Just everyone's Twitter feed and, yeah. you know, the hand histories on Poker News. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's funny how perfect Twitter is for yeah, it's, like, it's like it, it could have been designed. Yeah, I mean, poker. really, like, <laughs> yes, it, it could it could be a product targeted towards poker for yeah. all we know. It, it would it'd be perfect for that. It is perfect for that. I haven't seen anything about live streaming and stuff on, of the final tables. Is that happening this year? Like, um, streaming yes, I believe so. I believe I saw somewhere that they're doing the same live streaming, which if they cool. didn't, I'd be very upset. I watched I basically watched live stream every night. <laughs> after like yeah. you know like not the whole live stream but like I, I I'd watch let's see I'd probably start watching like ten o'clock which is like seven o'clock there so it would be it would be kind of like maybe like three or four people would be busted and I'd see like from down to five from five to three or something like that right but then right. it would you know go way into the night and I couldn't finish it up but um yeah. but you know sometimes if there was a game format that I wasn't interested in the next day I watched you know the replay. Of the night before, yeah. so I think I'm going to buy an an extra uh, what do they call them, the Chromecast thing. Chromecast, Chromecast is awesome. I have it. Two yeah, two I think I'm going to buy one for the house and just yeah. put it on my iPhone yeah. and basically just stream the final table yeah, on the 30, big TV 35, in the living room. Thirty five bucks. Um, you can't Chromecast from a browser on your iPhone. Oh, you can Chromecast, be, but I can do it. Well, yeah, laptop, you can right? Chromecast from Chrome on your laptop. And you can Chromecast from YouTube and other apps that have Chromecast designed into it, but not from – it doesn't work on browsers on phones, which is kind of yeah, stupid. It. I don't know why it doesn't work, but it doesn't. Yeah. Eh, I could just use my laptop. No biggie. Yep. So, so, cool. Cool. All right. Well, exciting stuff. Uh, you, sir, I will see you in about a week. Absolutely. And uh, to anybody out there playing the World Series, who, good luck to all of you. Who's picking me up at the airport? Is that you? Uh, when do you arrive? Friday. Is it before like 11 a.m.? It's a Friday night. It's not. It's not in the morning. It's a, oh, perfect. Yeah. I might be drunk. I might have to send Mark. <laughs> I can take a cab for this one. Some. I'm sure somebody will come over and get Absolutely. you. No worries. It's just exciting <laughs> to think that that is coming. And that's yeah. the way. Won't be long. Won't be long now. Cool. All right, buddy. Well, good luck, everybody, You're and uh, we will. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, hopefully this summer in Vegas. Yep. And. Uh, Probably won't be another TPE podcast, I should actually mention, before the end of the World Series. We always kind of take yeah. a hiatus during the World Series, but um, you know, we'll probably put out a dozen-plus yeah. live podcasts. Sure. So, um, so, yeah, check those out. And uh, so we'll see you in a couple months right. here on the Tournament Full Courage Podcast. See you. Later, guys.
It's not rough, it isn't fun. 